Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? This is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 87, post-conference tournament weekend. And what a weekend it was. My name is Brandon Olinger, and join with me, as always, is my man, your man, everybody's man, Ben the Law Watson. Don't wind up like Vincenzo. You mean on your back, bro? Oh, on your back, bro. Woo! A lot of dudes ended up on their back this weekend. A lot of good wrestling, man. <laughs> Vincenzo, true. especially. Oh, how you doing, my boy? I'm doing great, man. lot to digest. I felt like I just ate a freaking six-course meal, and I'm just still digesting it, and I'm ready to shit it out on this podcast. That's an amazing analogy. All right, uh, uh, let's go with it. Uh, <laughs> let's shit it out on this podcast. Oh, man. Ah. Uh, I couldn't agree with you anymore. Listen, I, th- I think it would only be fair if we dedicate this podcast to all of our Penn State faithful. Listen, after the, the dominating, dominating performance this weekend by Alex Marinelli, we got to dedicate this episode to our Penn State fans. <laughs> Get them! Hey, they finally won a Big Ten title. It they took did. them a long time. In dominating fashion, too. It took I'm them a long say. time. Yeah, they, I, did. they did. They did. They outdistanced uh, Ohio State by about 30 points. Hey, them Buckeyes still look pretty good, though. You know, it wasn't a bad weekend for them. It wasn't no. a bad weekend at all. How about we, Minnesota, too? Minnesota right. looked pretty good. Home team, baby. But we were talking last week, and before we get to everything we're going to do, you know, we didn't know who was going to be the number two in the Big Ten. And I would pick Michigan. Man, did they not have that great of a weekend. You picked Ohio State smartly um, to edge out Iowa. They did more than edge out. They they. They really showed, at least in this tournament, that they were the second best team in the country. So, so we will get to all of that. That was a hell of a freaking weekend. Not just Big Tens, ACCs, Big Twelves, EWLs, SoCon, Pac-12. What else am I forgetting? A lot of other conferences. EIWA. I mean, it was a weekend, buddy. I thought you said EIWLs. No, did no, you say no. EWLs? EWLs. Yeah. I was like, which one is that? All right, we're going to get to it all in just a bit. This is probably going to be a long podcast, fellas, so uh, sit back, strap in, grab a beer or two, and get ready for a ride. But first, let's get that business out of the way. As I said, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 87. You can find us on all your favorite social media platforms, on Twitter at the Inside Trip one on Facebook, the Inside Trip that my boy Ben's been taking care of for old Granny Girdle. Yeah, <laughs> Granny been looking at <laughs> Granny been liking my post. Yeah, she been liking something. Oh, uh, yeah. we also got that Instagram out there, the Inside Trip. God, Instagram's hard to figure out. I don't too. get it. I'm supposed to take pictures of myself. Like, what's a story? What is a story? I, I, you told me the other day, like, check out this story on Instagram, and I was like poking around. I couldn't You're find like, it. I don't even know how to find the story. I didn't know. Uh, I suck, man, at Instagram. I'm sucking. My wife is amazing at Instagram. I, what I need to do is just ask her how to do it. So I've been asking, like, my friends, like, 
hey, yo, yo, what are these stories? Like, what are you doing here? How do you, how do you, how do you read? How do you regram an Instagram? Is right. that even a thing? Can you, is that even a thing? Because I don't know. Because we're gonna need to have a story for the NCAA's. Oh, we're gonna have. We a story. need to stop fucking up and learn how to do this Instagram thing like the rest of the country. I got a teenage kid at home. I need to ask him how to. How I don't to even think it's because because I mean, there's older people on Instagram. We're just done. We don't know. I thought it was all selfies. You be following grannies.com on Instagram? Oh, oh, busted. All right. And as for the podcast itself, you can find us at all your typical podcast locations, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher Spreaker, The Pod, Bean, and what was that, Red Rocket? Rocket Pod. Oh, The Rocket Pod. Sorry, The Rocket Pod. I only listen to this podcast on Rocket Pod now. There you go. Do you really? No. No, no not at all. I don't even listen to most of our podcasts. Same here. I I'm pretty embarrassed about so after they happen. I can't stand the sound of myself. Oh. Um, so go out there, find the podcast, s- subscribe to it, download, listen, all that good stuff. And you know what? If you're, if you're feeling froggy, feeling up to it, give us a little rate and a review. You know, actually, we got a couple new rates and reviews. You and we, love these. You look at these all the time. I do. I do. No, I mean, I, I like it because I think it gives, you know, I want to know, like, do we suck? Are we completely worthless or are we actually doing oh, something that people enjoy we're completely yeah. worthless yeah so but i think we are doing something people enjoy we did get one from david k didn't give the last name smart man david um i wanted to shout him out he gave us a great listen even though he's a michigan homer he still enjoys the podcast so um i really appreciate the um thoughtful review he gave us as well as uh my main man ahmed i believe um and he, you know he was really cool about indicating hey I really like this podcast because not only do you guys give a fun approach, you know, for fans, kind of by fans, but at the same time, you also give the, a, a voice to, you know, certain wrestling stories or programs that typically wouldn't have a voice. Um, and, and I thought that was really neat because that's what we try to do. Because I want to hear those stories, man. As a wrestling nerd, I want to hear the stories of all the programs. In fact, I kind of want to hear the stories of the programs that are smaller more than the other ones because you hear the other ones all the time. But I want to hear how you build a program like George Mason. You know, I want to hear kind of how you build a program like Duke or Cleveland State. And so I really like that um, someone else here en- enjoys those types of uh, podcasts as well. So thanks, Ahmed, and thanks, David K. Really appreciate it. Seriously. No, I-, I think that's great stuff. And, I mean, it's funny. I get asked all the time, one, why do you like women's wrestling so much? Or, two, how did you get into following women's wrestling? And I'll tell you exactly how. We had Julia Salat on our podcast. It was our f- one of our first guests, our first woman guest. Yes. And uh, getting to talk to her and hearing her story, I was like, this is amazing. Because nine out of ten times you talk to a guy, hey, how'd you get started in wrestling? It's the same story. It's the exact same story, and that's okay. Been there, done that. Yeah. But I was hooked from the get-go, and then once you start actually watching the wrestling, man, it's, it's just as every bit as fire as the men's wrestling. So, anyway, yeah. Great, great reviews there. Much appreciated. We really appreciate those guys. Um, a couple of other things. Listen, man, you guys... And I say you guys, the fans, anyone on social media who follows us have been absolutely amazing with these T-shirts that we've been trying to get rid of. Um, Listen, as everybody knows, we put it out there on social media. We've talked about it on the podcast. We got T-shirts available, the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast T-shirts. We got two color options. We got a a vintage black option uh, with a hot pink and teal. That we're actually doing a fundraiser with shirts are thirty bucks. We're donating the proceeds to wrestle like a girl. I cannot even begin to tell you how overwhelming the the, the response has been. It's been absolutely insane. We're we're about sold out of the black Dude, men. We're almost sold out. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. What, I think that with your guys's help, we're the inside trip, and you guys are going to be able key. to make yeah. 
are going to be able to make a sizable donation to Wrestle Like a Girl Absolutely. to really make a difference. We're not talking about 100 bucks or 200 bucks. We're talking about a sizable donation, and it couldn't be done without you guys. And I know I sound like a freaking telethon guy right now, but seriously, anybody that's bought one, thank you so much. We're doing some serious good here. And anybody that's thinking about buying some, as you just said, Brandon, I think we only got 18 left to sell. Um, at the moment, uh, right now we are about out of the black shirts. I think we have right around fifteen to eighteen left. We've already sold out of smalls. We've already sold out of two XLs. We're almost out of mediums. Um, so really, about all we got left is a few, a couple of mediums left, and then we've got uh, a handful of larges and extra larges. We're going to be taking some with us to Pittsburgh next week. Anyway, guys, if you're interested in one, please hit us up. It's thirty bucks. We're not making a single dime off this. All proceeds going to wrestle like a girl. We got some red shirts available as well. Same design, yes. different color scheme. We're selling those for $25. Ultimately, those just go to support the podcast. And, and I say support the podcast. Um, one of the things that selling these red shirts are going to do, one, it, it does handle the cost. But two, in addition to what we sell on the black shirts, me and Ben, ben would like to also add a little bit of a donation to wrestle like a girl That's as well. Right. So in the end, it, all the shirts are basically contributing to a donation to Wrestle Like a Girl. When we first started this, we had an idea in mind of what we wanted to donate. Um, we thought it was out of reach. Now we're starting to you know, think bigger and think we can actually donate possibly you know, triple and quadruple that amount, and it's, it's very, very exciting. And with that said, i got to give a shout-out to, um, you know, to, the, to, the, to the company, the organization yes. that we're getting these shirts from that's actually handling these for us. Keep in mind... I'm I'm pretty type A. Um, it, it's very hard for me to let go of control of something. And oh, is that right? <laughs> a little bit. I, I, hey, Ben Watson didn't notice that. Shut up. A man who a man who does a podcast with him every week doesn't notice that. He <laughs> definitely type A boys. As are you. Um, no. Anyway, um, I just want to give a huge shout out to Bright Horizons Enterprises. They're based out of New Jersey. Listen. Um, Mark Kozik, who uh, we, we met at NCAAs last year. I wrestled him in college, um, bro. Yeah, you did wrestle him in college. Yeah, um, me, Strasburg. I think he beat up. me, to be honest with you. You know, he hit us up. He said his dad and him are part of this organization in New Jersey that basically, um, uh, for a lack of better words, obviously, they, they, they help create these shirts. And their mission statement... Let me just read to you their mission statement. They are a student-run organization that provides work experience to students on the autism spectrum with social and learning disabilities. Okay. They offer all different types of things, um, including 3D printed products, silkscreen apparel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately what they do is they are essentially giving um, you know, young adults on the spectrum or with learning disabilities the chance to have a work and social experience that will provide in helping them achieve a brighter future. And we just think that is an amazing thing. And ultimately, guys, just to sum it all up, by purchasing one of these black shirts, you're basically supporting two organizations, Wrestle Like a Girl and Bright Horizon Enterprises, because they're both doing great things. Yeah, and, and, and even purchasing the red shirts as well. You know, you're, you're still supporting Bright, Bright Enterprises. Bright, yeah, Bright Horizon is Enterprises. I, I apologize. And you guys, this is, this is so neat, man. You know, beyond the corny things that we say on this podcast or, you know, the team dynamics where, hey, you know, we throw shade at Penn State or we throw shade at Michigan. Guys, we're all part of this huge culture that is wrestling. And every dollar that you pay minus the cost of the shirts, 
goes to something related to support wrestling. And this is awesome, guys. And so when I made the comment earlier that it's hard for me to give up control, like one of the great things about this this company as well is essentially they've taken everything out of our hands. They are printing the shirts, they're packaging the shirts, they're mailing out the shirts to everyone who gets them. I mean, it's just an amazing thing what they're doing out there with these young adults. Um, ben and I couldn't be happier with the experience that we've had with them. So I just want to say thank you, Mark. Thank you, James. We appreciate everything. Can't wait to get that package in the mail this week. Oh, man. Shirts went to print last Friday. They said they look amazing, and they're going to start shipping tomorrow. So everyone who's ordered, shipping starts tomorrow. You should start to see your shirts, I would assume, by the end of this week into early next week, just in time for NCAAs. Cannot wait. We will also have some shirts on us for sale at NCAAs. Again, help us support a great cause. We appreciate everyone who's done so already. I'm wearing my vintage black shirt to work on Friday, and when my boss looks at me and says that's inappropriate, I'm going to tell him to fuck off. That's not going to happen. I, yeah, okay. I'm going to wear it underneath my dress shirt and tie. Though. There you go. And you think about it, right? Yeah. And my boss is like, why you got a black shirt underneath your dress shirt? I'm going <laughs> to be like, sorry, boss. <laughs> All right. Uh, one last thing. Hey, guys. Look, it's... It is. It is that time of season, uh, and it, time is ticking down. So if you haven't done so already, get your order in for your wrestling preview fan guide from Jason Bryant, the number one preview guide in the industry. Go to wrestlingpreview.com forward slash inside trip. You're going to get a $5 discount instead of nineteen ninety nine. You get it for fourteen ninety nine. Do you think that the number one fan man, all around ladies man, needs a number one preview guide? Because I already ordered it, and guess what I did? Did you just introduce yourself? Yeah. I used the Inside Trip promo, and I saved $5. So did I. Ah! We got ours. I'm pumped about that. Sorry, guys. I got really excited. All right. You ready to talk, talk about some wrestling? I No. I'm ready to talk to some wrestling. Oh. That's, that's an inside joke for the people that have literally listened for every episode. <laughs> All right, man. Let's just get on with the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament. We're going to hit on some others as well. Let's just get the let's just get the let, get it out of the way. Penn State walked away with the title. They did so in convincing fashion. 157 and a half team points. Uh exactly 35 points ahead of Ohio State. Dominating performance by Penn, Penn State. We expected it. The real race was for second place. Ben, I, you're right. Ohio State looked really good, much better than we probably anticipated. Yeah, read me off uh, second, third, fourth, fifth, if you don't mind. Uh, Ohio State 122 and a half, Iowa 107 and a half, Minnesota wow. 103 and a half. Nebraska, 95 and a half. After that, it drops off to number six. Michigan, shockingly, 78 and a half. A team that beat Ohio State in a dual meet. Michigan, I believe, was one of only two teams in this tournament with a guy seated in the top eight at every weight class. I think Ohio State was the other team. Yeah. Um, I think think that they're probably a little disappointed in, in the way they finished. But you know what? As we've seen with a lot of teams... You know, that can light a fire under your ass. So I'm not counting Michigan out for as a team trophy um, team at the NCAA tournament. No. No doubt about it. No, I, I agree with you right there. Look, the real fun in Pittsburgh this year is going to be the, the battle for the second and third place trophies. Right. Honestly, that's where the real fun is going to yeah. be. Who's going to – because there's going to be a good team left out. They're, absolutely. Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Okie State. You know? Oki State looked good this weekend, too, speaking of conferences. I know. Oki so, State looked real so that's good. So that's what I'm saying. But I tell you what, the Big Ten 
It never disappoints. It is a premier conference. It is like a mini NCAA tournament. And, you know, and, I, and I think that probably there's no other better place to start but the, uh, the Big Ten Finals at 125 pounds. Sebastian Rivera did, did it again. again. And he did it again on his terms. He didn't, you know, it wasn't like something, oh, we game playing them, you know, especially he's going to be able to beat them. Sebastian Rivera just wrestled him straight up and said, who's the better wrestler? And Sebastian Rivera is. It wasn't was. He is. He is. He is the better wrestler this year. And look, before anybody says anything, um, that was a legitimate hands to the face. If you're ever going to call hands to the face, that was a legitimate hands to the face call when Spencer Lee not only put his hand in Rivera's face, he actually used it to try to gain an advantage. That's right. Gain an advantage by shoving Rivera's face away to get out. Of an attack. Right. Okay. So Rivera was, I think, jacking up hooks or something of that nature, you know, trying to set something up. And Lee put his hands in the face and pushed off those hands right onto the face. You know, it wasn't one of those things where they were dancing and they were feeling each other out. You know, and he puts his hand and it accidentally hits the face. Or even he puts his hand in the face. This was a utilization of hands to the face in an attempt to avoid uh, an advantageous position by Rivera, and that is a point. And it changed the momentum of that match. Yep, that's a point. Did that tie the match up? I can't, re- I can't recall, but I'm pretty sure. Did that tie the I match up? I think that up? gave him one over Rivera. I thought it was one. I thought it gave one over Rivera. Man, okay. and, I, and I can't remember. But it's all right. Yeah, either way. Either way. Um, man, Rivera winning that match in sudden victory. Listen, that that takedown that he got when he legitimately bullied through Lee was Spencer deep. Lee, Lee was deep. He jacked him up. Deon, Lee, deep on like a kind of a double, wasn't it? It was. It was some sort of shot, you know, it was some sort of head out, head outside shot. Lee or and uh, Rivera jacked him up, two underhooks, and almost like wouldn't call it a pancake, but jacked him up and then lowered his level. Finished on two legs, score, and man, he looked good because you know what? Lee wasn't able to turn him. Lee wasn't really able to get a ride on him. I don't think he got a riding time point, um, and. I tell you what. Is your wife cooking cauliflower again? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. Today. I'm sorry. No, but anyways, Sebastian Rivera, I think he got two takedowns in that match. Well, he got the one in OT and he got the one in regulation. Yeah. And and Lee Lee got I think one takedown. I mean, essentially, Sebastian Rivera locked up the one seed with this performance this weekend. I think I think that goes you have to give Rivera the one seed at the national tournament. And what that does is it puts two uh, two, two phenomenal guys, Nick Piccinini, the Big 12 champ, having an amazing season who's already beaten Spencer Lee, and Spencer Lee, the returning national champ, it could put them in a position on the same side of the bracket. I'm not sure could. it does. I mean, I'm just saying could. Yeah, it definitely could. I'm not sure Spencer Lee's going to be your three seed, ladies and gentlemen. Spencer Lee could be as low as five, legitimately. Wow. Right? That would be, I mean, if he's not the three. Where's Ronnie Bresser with one loss this year? To Rivera, True. that's it. One loss to Rivera, probably the three. I I give that's him it. I give him the three, and Do you Jack give him the Mueller three over Mueller, and Jack Mueller's undefeated. Major Sean Faws in the finals this weekend of the ACC's yeah. ten to two too. So, so here's 10 the thing, to two as well. Here's the thing, regardless of if if you would seed Mueller over Lee, regardless, I think that there's no way you can't seed Bresser over Lee. I agree. And you know what? Which, you, which, once you said that, once you said that, yep, it's all clicking. Which puts Lee. On the same side, unless he's the six somehow, unless somehow you, you pop Vito Rouge out in there. No way, he didn't even win his conference. Right. So I think that you put, well, neither did Lee. I think you put Lee at the four or the five, and I'll tell you what, if he gets, he's going to have Bresser in the quarters, a dude that's beating him. 
in the quarters, baby. Not if Brester's the three. No, I think Brester. Oh, oh excuse me, he's a Mueller yeah. in the quarters. Right, he's going to have Mueller in the quarters. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry That's about okay. that, guys. Uh, all I know is, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Lee not winning this match really uh, it, it makes seeding extremely interesting come next week yeah. because uh, who would have thought at the beginning of the season that we would have saw Spencer Lee at, at possibly at the four or five spot in yeah. this tournament. And I think and I think you will. I don't think there's any way you can see Lee over Bresser. No, you can't because Bresser has one be loss. It was Rivera. Right. He's got three losses. Two to Rivera. I'm sorry. Yeah, two to Rivera and one to Piccinini. Yeah. Piccinini's your two seed. You can't. I mean, uh, Piccinini and Rivera is going to be the, the one seed. Piccinini's your 100% Rivera too. Two. Piccinini's your 100% too. Now, there'll be an argument of whether or not Piccinini should, is deserving of the one. And I think it's, it's, it's a fair argument, right? Like, I think it's something that needs to be brought up. It needs to be something that's at least discussed. The great but thing I think about in the this, end, though, Rivera's the guy. And, and the great thing about NCAA seeding, where, like, with your conferences, there really is no criteria. There is a mathematical mathematical formula that's used for this right so there's an actual you know uh code that they have um and i think uh you know alex steen is one of the few guys that's pretty much got the code cracked um so coaches rank is going to play into that right now rivera is ranked number one in the coaches ranking yeah, rightfully so you know rpi is going to play a part in that the last rpi sebastian rivera was ranked number one in the rpi so he just won his conference so i think you know he's going to be your one seed. that young man deserves the damn one seed absolutely he absolutely. beat he beat spencer lee twice and he's got a hell rack him up rack him up wins he's already beaten he's beaten bresser in ot by the way so I, this is going to be a crazy weight class. We're going to see a Mueller, freaking Lee Corder, Mueller or Rivera semi. Oh, buddy, I'm getting fired up for NCAAs right now. But I tell Can you I what, just, oh, go ahead. You know one of the biggest surprises. You know in this who I like? Class? What are the biggest? Elijah sp- Oliver. Oh my God, that dude! Like said, right off the bat, how are you going to pin Moisey in 18 seconds? Oh my God, that dude said I'm a senior. I'm a three-time qualifier. Holy shit! I better decide whether or not I want to be an All-American because that dude came back and he took fourth. Um, with some, you know, some good wins, and not only that, but you know, fourth in a really tough Big Ten conference. Now I know he lost to Russell six zero. Let's be honest, Russell's Russell's a really consummate guy, right? Russell's a guy that he beats every guy he's supposed to, and he loses to every guy he's supposed to. I'm not sure he's ever really pulled an upset, and I'm not sure he's ever really gotten upset. So odds are you're going to see Russell Russell anywhere between four and six at the NCAA tournament. But Elijah Oliver, oh, I, I really like that match. Um, Against Matten. He won 6-3 against Matten straight up. That is the one that I found most impressive. Look, obviously pinning Moisey, a, a former national finalist, um, in 18 seconds is, is, is amazing in its own right. But the win that he got over Oliver on the backside, 6-3, to three, that right there, especially— Over Matten, yeah. I'm sorry, over Matten, especially— just to get to that match, he had to beat Heinzelman 13-11 to 11 in the second sudden victory. Yeah, Heinzelman he beat him earlier. Exactly, yeah. So I thought Oliver, man, impressive performance from the Indiana Hoosier guy. Um, when lately there hasn't been a lot of bright spots for IU, obviously. So that was a definite bright spot right there. Yeah, that, that, was, that was really good. Um, you know, I think the one, the one you know, it, it, it hurts me that uh, Rayvon Foley medical forfeited a couple times. I'm concerned about that because Rayvon Foley was a guy that we really, you know, he beats Piotrowski in the first in the, in the quarters seven to three, and that was something that like, hey, beating Piotrowski seven to three in the quarters is is a good thing. That's a good that, match. That's, that's a good Absolutely. win. Absolutely, that's a win that shows you, hey, you're ready to be an All American, and then to to hopefully 
he didn't get injured in that match because, you know, I think that we would both agree that if we were a betting man before brackets came out, that we would think that Rayvon Foley's probably a likely contender to All-American, right? Well, I think he's a definite contender to All-American, of course. I mean, based on the season that he's had. But if he's injured. Exactly. I mean, you don't don't know – how injured he is, what the ex- extent of that injury is. Um, We're so. seeing a lot of guys' medical forfeit in the conference tournament, man. And that ain't just this year. That's surprising to me, especially when they take conference tournament finish into consideration for seeding. I'm sure there's different reasons for every situation, but at the end of the day, the conference tournament is all about one thing, just getting there to qualify. Qualify, get your spot in that bracket, at the national championships and try to get there healthy. So I can understand it. And in a lot of situations, there's a lot of situations that are head scratchers, which we'll probably get to later. I'm sure we will. But yeah, 133, man. Okay. You want to do the 133? I think that that was a pretty neat weight class. Suriano looked like a freaking warrior at the end of this tournament. I mean, his face looked like raw hamburger in his post-match interview after he just, I mean, controlled Buckeye Luke Pletcher, who well, surprisingly look, made the finals. Right. And, well, look at who Suriano had to go through. He looked like a man on a mission. Okay. He, I, you know, I picked Lee Zach. Maybe he was a little contrarian pick, but you know what? I made the pick over Suriano here in the quarters. Suriano went out there and put some work on him. Nine to two. He did get turned for two points, but that's it against the real dangerous guy on top. And then we said, uh-oh, we got that rematch, right? We got that rematch of Suriano versus DeSanto, where DeSanto won it. At home in Carver on an overtime takedown, or no, no, an end of the end of the um, match takedown. Suriano put it on DeSanto. I know it was only six to three. I think all of DeSanto's um, points almost were stall calls, which you know we can get into whether or not we thought they were deserving. Regardless, Suriano beats Lezak, an NCAA finalist, then has the battle of duty lost too early in the year. Stomped Lezak, yeah. almost, almost majored him. He beat him bad. Beats DeSanto, a dude that just won't stop coming. That's where he really started getting his face beat up. That, the surprising to thing to me is, like, how often do you see DeSanto this year just look lost? And I actually thought I saw that quite a bit this tournament. Right. I, I, well, I think that he didn't have an answer in two matches. He didn't have an answer. He didn't have an answer for Suriano. And that doesn't surprise me because I was surprised, actually, when DeSanto beat Suriano the first time. I actually picked Suriano to win this weight class even over... Uh, Michich when we did our picks. Um, unfortunately, you know, he didn't get to meet up with Michich, who had the medical forfeit out of the tournament. But if there's one thing about this bracket that really, that all, that always stood out to me about anyone in this tournament, tournament or in this bracket, it's that Suriano probably is the most mentally tough guy in this bracket, by my opinion. Um, I like Suriano. Hey, let, let's not get it twisted. You know, I read a lot of message boards and a lot of Twitter followers, and a lot of people don't like Suriano. They say he did an interview afterwards after he won, and I thought it was very humbled slash, hey, I'm glad that I won, but, um, you know, there's bigger things. And people were getting on him about this because he did mention, like, hey, Mitrick didn't wrestle. You know, that's kind of interesting. But you know what? He's allowed to voice his opinion. I like Suriano. I actually like DeSanto, too, a little bit. But um, the reason why I'm saying that, I said that because – 
I'm not surprised by how well he looked this weekend, going out there and beating a former national finalist like Lezak nine to two, flipping the script on DeSanto who beat him earlier this year. And you know, I really liked him to win a rematch with Micic because I feel that that's how mentally tough that that a guy like Seriano is. He's got the mental fortitude to navigate through this tournament, this bracket, in this conference, and do what he did. Um, and, and as far as the post, you know, the the, the post match interview, I'm sure he was very disappointed that he didn't get to get that rematch with Micic. Right. Okay, that's fair. You know, DeSanto looks like a guy that, that is definitely um, a title contender guy. Yeah, and, and we, it sounds silly to say that, but, you know, after he, he, after he wasn't able to really put any points on the board against the elite-level guys, he went out there and did it against the returning national finalist, against a guy who'd beaten him earlier, and against a returning fourth-place finisher when he actually dominated to a 4-1 to win against Pletcher. Pletcher did not have an answer to Siriano, And not only that, but Siriano wrestled a really tactical match I don't know exactly which leg he typically leads, but I'll tell you one thing. In that match, his right leg was way back because he knows that Luke Pletcher's pretty much only offense is a high crotch, maybe an open double, but a high crotch to his right leg. And Seriano just said, I'm going to keep my right yeah, leg back. Luke Pletcher he, he didn't, have a, didn't have a clue no, how to score on Seriano. And I don't even think, look, Seriano's head-hands defense is probably some of the best in the country, some of the best at that weight class. And, you know, I even mentioned to you when we were watching the match that regardless of what's going to happen here, I don't think that Pletcher has the offense to get through that type of defense from Soriano. And once Soriano took that, 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 that leg away, there was nothing for him. Right, and, and as, as soon as he, he had that, to score off a Soriano shot. Right. As point. soon as he got that takedown early, I was like, ah, oh, it's a trouble. I was like, maybe you push it one-to-one going into the third. You got a, you got a chance off a counterattack. Um, and, and he didn't. But I'll tell you what, though, Pletcher, let's, let's, let's not dog Pletcher too much. He avenged a, uh, a loss as well in a really great match against the young, tough freshman, Roman Bravo Young. This time, unlike their dual meet where he couldn't score, this time he took him down twice. One with that really nice high crotch lift, which he yep. almost took him down with in the, ter- in right. the, in the, um, the dual meet. To finished it for two and two, and then he was able to take him down again late. And I think that shows you a little chink in the armor of Bravo Young. That Bravo Young is a great, great counterattack wrestler, but when he's forced to actually attack because he's down, he's a lot more predictable. No, I, I think Luke it's a Pletcher great point. There. I think just, it's a great point right there. You know, stop his shots. So that was a great match for Luke Pletcher, and I think Luke Pletcher did himself a lot of favors by making the finals here. He's probably now, instead of being the 10-12 seed, probably looking at a 7 or 8 seed, and I think that's going to give him better draws in a really tough weight class. Another story, though. Got to go Lezak, man. Oh, okay. I was going to go Michik, but yeah, let's talk about both. Again, you know, you got to go Lezak. I mentioned Lezak. Postseason Lezak is always different than regular season Lezak. And I think you saw that again this weekend. Granted, he did lose big to, to Suriano. That's okay. Um, Suriano is a national title contender. Um, but Lezak, again, going out there and avenging that loss to DeSanto that he took earlier. Bad there, loss. When DeSanto, I mean, really did some nasty things to him, you know, at the end of that match and after the match. I mean, and it was a bad, bad beating to begin with. Yeah, I think it was like 6-0 or something like that. I mean, it was bad news. But I'm quite, I mean, Lezak not only avenges the loss, he beats him 6-2, to two, and I think at one point in time, you know, you could see the, the, the score clock for that match, and there was almost four minutes of riding time over there. Lezak yeah. was just working him from the top Riding's position. Like a dog. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they seat him at the national term as well. You know, he's another guy. Ooh. Wrestles great in the postseason. Can make a run. I feel like him and Pletcher are going to wrestle early on. They're probably going to be like one seed below each other. 
and they're gonna probably wrestle early on. Seven ten, eight nine, maybe. Yeah, something like that. I think eight that's... nine might be the damn call right there. I don't know. I, I I I would not be surprised, man. I would not be surprised at all. But you know, um, DeSanto, we're kind of saying, you know, yeah, he he got beat up, but you know, he did put it on Roman Bravo Young. Now I know it was twelve eight. Roman Bravo Young kind of stormed back late, but that was a nice win. I know from uh, a lot of people wanted to watch that. So let's not let's not sit out. Here, let's not sit here and pencil DeSanto out with that nice win. Um, no, I mean, I look, Ben. I I would expect DeSanto to beat. RBY based on the season, the season's know. results. I would, I would I absolutely expect that. Um, I think DeSanto is is bigger. He's more physical. Okay, oh, and he's got that. he's got a great gas tank, um, and he's just going to constantly get after you and get after you. So I, I expect him to beat a guy like RBY. He got RBY or DeSanto carried him like three times in the first period. Man, like oh my goodness, scout a little bit, guys. You do realize yeah, that DeSanto? You know gonna... DeSanto has a carry, right? Yeah, jeez, it was it was shocking. Last thing. Michik, I think that he and I don't know what his um I don't know what his injury is, but I'll tell you what, it's got to be a real injury, because you don't give up the chance to have the number one seed at the NCAA tournament if you're not injured, right? And then again, why why even wrestle? Why not step on the match and then immediately forfeit like people have done before? Because he wrestled, he won a match um, nine to four, and then he forfeited out. Maybe and he tweaked it. Maybe he tweaked something. He could he could have tweaked it, something. It, it, either was something with, either he injured it in that match. Maybe he had a, a lingering injury this season and it just got tweaked. Don't know. But again, it goes back to what I said earlier, man. Ben, what's the most important thing about conference tournaments? Getting your qualification. Yeah, but but he had he the chance. Gonna, he had the chance to be the one seed at the NCAA tournament. Understood. But you get your qualification and get to the tournament as healthy as possible. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I, and I guess what I'm just saying is that that makes it. This isn't a cautionary. This isn't some cautionary um, forfeit. This is a real medical problem that he has. I agree. I, I think that you can absolutely make that assumption based on what's right. happened this week. If it was precautionary, okay, then maybe you make the finals and you don't wrestle. But it, you know, you gave up a loss against a guy you beat fourteen to two, or you gave up a forfeit against a guy you beat fourteen to two earlier in the year, and then you 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 had to have given up the number 1 seed right there's no way he's going to be the number 1 seed i think it's going to be fixed now i i think based on the uh, again going back to what we said earlier and that 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 seeding code or equation um uh, based on what i've seen from from alex Dean on social media that Dayton fix has the criteria for the number 1 seed now Michik might might have an argument for the 2 3 even with those medical forfeits we'll see we'll see it'll be interesting the thing i i mean the thing about that is that I don't like, and it, it's so so hard to, to manage, is that let's say he really does have a serious injury. Should he really be given a high C at that point? You know, it's like if it's if it's that serious, it's it, it's going to screw something. Oh, he got a serious injury. Now, you know, we ain't going we ain't going to disclose what we know on this podcast, and I'm sure that uh, you know other people. I'm sure there's going to be some rumors out there, but dude's got an, an injury that's legitimate that he's been battling. So, um, and, and it's an injury that. He's wrestled really well already with it. With it, he's had that injury, and he's still been able to wrestle really well. So, you know, maybe he did aggravate it later on. But uh, and again, this is this is all just kind of what we hear from the grapevine. Maybe he's completely healthy, but I, I doubt it, considering what he uh, what he did at Big Tens. Truth be told, I think you want everybody to be as healthy as possible. Look, I'm I, I don't want to see anybody. Injured at the NCAA tournament. I want to see all these dudes freaking ready to rock and roll because I want the best man to win. So you I'm know, rooting for Michik. 
You know who was ready to rock and roll this weekend? Joey McKenna. Joey effin' McKenna, baby. What'd we say? Do people not want to listen to us? He looked good. He looked real good. I thought he looked really good, except for, I'd say, two minutes of that Lee match. I mean, Lee, Lee's a tough competitor. Let's, God dang let's it, not get good. bent. He's good. He's really good. His pace is amazing. He's better than he was he can last attack. year. Oh, yeah. Well, of course he is. He's good, man. He's I, I, extremely good. And I would not be surprised if Nick Lee, before his career's all said and done, doesn't win a national title. He's that good. Yeah. Oh, it's going to happen. God, we got McKenna's going to have to see him again at the MTA semis, likely. That's a match that worries me. This year, I wasn't thinking that that match would worry me. I thought that last year was actually too close. But, you know, McKenna was wrestling so well. Guys, this can be a nail-biter each time with no guaranteed winner. But you're right. McKenna did end up getting the job done. The biggest thing was he was able to take Lee down twice in the first period. And not only that, but he was able to ride him out on the second one to only give up one, to only give up, uh, or to, to make it go 4-1 into the second. That's huge takedown right out at the end of the period. But Nick Lee was able to storm back. He got a late takedown. It was really 5-2. McKenna gave up the late takedown because he just didn't want to give up something stupid. If he needed to, he could have fought it off. So let's call it 5-2, 5-4 with that late takedown. But Nick Lee is a freaking, you know, barn burner, man. Call me a homer or whatever you want to call it. And this isn't, this isn't a homer opinion. It's I really still, a healthy Joy McKenna, I favor, even in the NCAA semifinals, I think he's that oh, type yeah. of competitor. He's been there. He understands it. He's on a mission. Um, he, he he's probably chomping at the bit for another for a rematch with Yanni. Um, it's the match that we all want to see. So I yeah, still favor. Wants to see Lee I still favor McKenna in that match. But man, you're right. Nick Lee is as game of a competitor as as they come. And you know who else was really game this weekend is Chad Red. Talk about the tournament that he had. I, what he was able to do. I we mean, called it. Yeah, we said the Chad Red dude. We were like, "Yo, don't sleep on this Chad Red dude." Yeah, don't sleep on an All American. I know, and I know. I think we kind of tongue and cheeked it with that, but bro, Michael Carr did not have a good tournament. Oh, and Chad Red sent him to the consolations bracket, and from there it just fell apart for him. Michael Carr didn't want to play anymore. No, actually, he wanted to play against Lemix, and then he didn't want to play anymore. Literally, he didn't win another match. He got beat by Moran bad. Who Lee? I'm just going to run it through some brackets real quick. Remember when Lee lost Moran in the duel? Didn't happen this time. Beat no. him 11 to 3. Nick Lee is. You good, remember man. how he got beat by Moran in the duel? Moran Reverse. kept putting him on his back. Right. And reversing he, him to his back. Yeah. Oh. It did not happen this time. No, it, it, was, it, was a very, it was a very good match by Nick Lee, who then beat McKee 12 to 4. Man, I, I need to stop talking about how Nick Lee, how good he had. You know who had another good, you know had a good tournament? So, all right, let's talk red real quick. Red beats the number one seed eight to four because Red is the eighth seed. Then he goes and he beats Kanan Store, who is a super solid wrestler and had a great tournament in his own right. Yeah, I mean he finished fifth. I, I think with a win over Moran and with two wins over um, Moran. Yeah, that's all I got. Two wins over Moran. Sorry for interrupting you. <laughs> I got really excited. Keep going. Keep no, he going. had two wins over Moran. Store, you know, fifth in the Big Ten at uh, 141 pounds is great and. Red was able to beat Store four to one. What is going? Can people really turn it on when the lights are on? Yes, I because I, I could never Look, do that. Honestly, shit. I whole after you know, the more you follow the sport and the more you pay attention and you see guys who just really throughout the regular season for whatever it may be, I, I have no clue. School girlfriends cutting weight. 
I I don't know disinterest disinterest maybe maybe, maybe it's just a, maybe they they get bored. It's a long grind of a season. It doesn't mean much. And all they care about are these last few weeks in March. And you see these guys really just go out there, and it's like, look, the lights are on. This is go time. This is what they train for, and that's what you've seen. What you what you saw this weekend in some of these guys. Mikey Carr did not do himself. No, Mikey, some service. Mikey there. Carr is not a, not one of those guys that that shines when the lights on. He went from a potential top five seed at the NCAA tournament to oh man, well he's lucky Albert lost, but Store. Moran, oh my goodness, he gonna be he gonna be maybe eight. He gonna find himself with the freaking. He gonna find himself in the quarters with, against Yanni. Have fun, bud. Honestly, you know Ben, with as little matches that he wrestled this year, and with the Big Ten tournament that he had, I, I think eight seed would be is being awfully favorable to Mikey Carr. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's interesting now that the seed in every weight, everybody's getting a fair shake. You can't be a you, you know you can't be a thirty seed and hope to draw, um, you know somebody else that's like the sixteen or whatever. I can't believe how bad Moran put it on Mike Carr. That was that was one of the surprising matches to me. And the Concies, I mean, he beat him what nine ten to four. Yeah, that for a guy like Mike Carr ranked in the top five in the country, top by most ranking prognostications uh ranked top five in the, in the coaches ranking um ha- had an rpi i mean we're talking this guy is rpi was what uh it was got him up there right because he have rpi uh numbers no no that, he didn't that's no the thing they're gonna have to lower that's those the numbers they're gonna have to lower those damn numbers because you have to have 17 you got to have a minimum of 17 matches to get an rpi anymore. ranking he didn't have he does didn't he have, have 17 enough. now though because he'll jump into the rpi this year or this uh, time if he did We'll have to, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It'll be interesting. I don't. I don't see Mike Carr getting getting seated high at all. This is the second year in a row that he goes into the NCAA tournament. Like, well, no, last year he went into the NCAA tournament hot and flamed out. This year he's going to the NCAA tournament cold. We'll see, man. We'll see. I, I, I tell you what, this this bracket has a lot of All American potential in it. Mitch McKee had a really nice tournament as well. Not going to rattle off scores, but. I tell you what, that's another gentleman right there that's going to be battling for an All-American spot at 141 pounds coming from the Big Ten. I mean, you got five guys in the Big Ten ranked in the top ten of the coaches in, in the last coaches ranking. That 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 makes for a tough bracket at this tournament. And the fact that McKenna won it, hey, big thumbs up there. And that's probably pretty much just guarantees. Let's let's be honest. It's it, uh, well, let, let's talk. Yanni won, no doubt. Absolutely. McKenna two, absolutely, no doubt. You got to go Nick Lee three. Lee Alber, Lee Al- or not Alber, Lee Ironman, Lee Ironman. No, Did I mean, Ironman just lose to uh, Ironman? Uh, Ironman's lost to Alber this year. He's yeah. lost to McKenna twice. That Alber loss is going to put him out. Yeah, I mean, Nick Lee has what two losses? He lost to Moran and he lost to McKenna. Yeah, and he has a win over McKenna. Yeah. I, I, look, I think hey, Nick Lee's your three. Just love love to talk about yeah. it. So we see McKenna Lee potential. potential when I look at this, I think again. in the last coaches ranking, they had Yanni one, Nick Lee two, McKenna three. I think you flip flop Lee and McKenna now for your seeds. Yep. And Jaden Ironman four. So those guys are your top four seeds. I tell you what, I'd rather face Ironman than Lee. Can, yeah. Come on, can if we I'm get McKenna? Yeah, give me Ironman. Can, all can day we get long. Ironman three? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's more to come when the brackets come out. We'll talk about that. 141 was a great weight class. 149, man. Not quite the firepower, but I tell you what, the finals did not disappoint. Jesus. I mean, Micah Jordan had momentum. He had everything going in his favor until he got lazy when he tried to go 
freaking optional start for the, with the oh. second time against Anthony Ashnault, and all Ashnault did was just turn right into him, get on his legs, and take him there. Boom, momentum over, match over. Well, that, yeah, and even after that, he was able to, um, after he got reversed, he was able to get out and get in on a um, a leg and still could, right? Wasn't he able to get, no. Yeah, he was able to get out, get in on a leg, and then Ashnault savvied him up and cradled, cradled him around him the edge. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, the, yeah, the, man, the point yeah. I was making is that uh, Micah was on a roll, had either tied the match, no, he'd taken the lead in the match. Who take he had taken the lead in the third period instead of him. trying to ride him for a minute. Smart. Just, yeah, smart. Kicked him. Keep going. He got didn't lazy. Ashnault just all he did was just turn right into him. Just just crawled, grabbed his legs, and took him down. I mean that is that is that is heartbreaking. Michael, what the fuck were you doing, man? When you're gonna let somebody go, don't be lazy about it. Okay, one, the match kind of went like we thought it was gonna go because I said it was gonna be a close match, but because of his bottom deficiencies, he was he's gonna lose by one point or whatever. He didn't take down. Wasn't able to take down, wasn't able to get out an astronaut. Astronaut also took him down earlier in the match. Micah battled back, much like the first match, took him down at will, those two, ma- two, two takedowns. Great finishes. And I'm like, he's going to get another one. He kicks him with a minute left. He's going to get Smart that. Smart thing to do. He's going to get that takedown. Dumbass lets him turn around and grab his leg, gets reversed, somehow gets out, and then almost gets another takedown, and astronaut slips the shoulder, savvy cradles him up. Yep. That's all you got to say, man. I, can the match be flipped? Sure. But I tell you what, Ashnault's too savvy. Give me Ashnault. We saw Micah struggle with Pantaleo last year at 157. And we thought that in his matches, yeah, those were matches with Pantaleo that could be flipped. I feel much more confident in a match with Ashnault being flipped than I ever do with his performance at 157 with, with Pantaleo. Uh, Pantaleo just had his number, and I think a lot had to go right for Micah to be able to win those matches, and I just never saw it coming. Right. I think Micah can flip this match. He lost this match because of a mental lapse, and when it's a mental lapse, you can correct that. He wasn't, he didn't get turned, you know, he, he didn't get repeatedly turned on t- on top. I don't think he got turned. Um. Yeah, you know he he was again showed that he can take Ashnault down. He can win the match on his feet, and I think that bodes well for him. Can Micah take down? I, I think maybe he can take down. I, obviously, it's not the smart thing to do, but this I feel more confident in saying this is a match that can be flipped at the national tournament more so than we saw last year in his matches with uh, with Pantaleo. And uh, we may get to see it. These guys look; they're probably going to be the, the one and two seed in the one national tournament. There's no they doubt. should be the one and two seed. Um, no, there's no doubt about the, the one. And there's two, a right? chance that we get to see this. If we see the rematch, it's going to be in the national finals. Um, assu- uh, assuming they both don't get tripped up on the way there. Totally possible. No, absolutely totally possible. Because you got you saw a guy uh, like uh, like uh, Mitch Feins over this weekend go out there and just freaking wreck the ACC tournament, yep. dominating Austin O'Connor five to one in the finals. Who I think that locked the three seat up for Mitch. Absolutely, well deserved yep. too. And you're gonna have the landline landmine the Kolodzik somewhere. Now, granted, he hasn't had the best lately, but let's not get it twisted. He went into the NCAA tournament as the 12 or 13 seed last year. So, Kalazic's going to be a landmine in there somewhere. 149, I think, is going to play out really interesting at the national tournament. I I, I don't think... It's so easy for us to get caught up in saying, yeah, this is what's going to happen. This guy's going to do this. That guy's going to do this. 149 is a weight (laughs) that I think... uh, Look, 
we're going to be surprised. And this might be one of those weights where you've got a couple of guys in the finals that you would have never had expected. Maybe, and I'll even go out there, because I, I said this in a previous podcast, maybe you got a guy like Mitch Feinsilver who's never Absolutely. reached the podium but has been nothing short of in fuego the last month of the season reaches the finals. Oh. Maybe you got a guy like like a freshman, Brock Mahler, who's had a great season this year by all accounts, that goes out there and gets the job done when everybody's had their eyes on Micah Jordan, Anthony Ashnall, Matt Kalodzik. Absolutely. And look, if there's anything that we can guarantee at the NCAA tournament, is that you can't guarantee anything. What do we always say? From the opening whistle, shit hits the fan. Shit hits the fan from literally the opening whistle. There's going to be one seeds. Well, not this year. There won't be one seeds going down because they're going to be wrestling the 33. But you know what I'm saying? That used to be like, you know, even one seed's going down. But, um, yeah. I will never not rule anything out at this tournament, man. I, mean, I can't. Mr. Based 33. on what we've seen, I, I just can't rule things out of the tournament. Is it likely? Probably not, but I'm not going to rule it out. But, I mean, look at 149 this year. Just when you when you talk about the guys in this weight class. I can see Ashton, O'Connor Michael doing Jordan, it. Thompson, one Lugo. and two. You know, you've got Kalodzic did not have a good EIWAs. He has not had a good end of the season Kalodzic since lost his to my loss boy. to Ashnault. He lost to my boy Jared Prince, baby. Yeah, he did. I've been high on Jared Prince forever, and he finally does something that makes me sound smart. You know, but when you look into this, you know, take a guy like Caden Gefeller, man. Caden Gefeller just won Big 12s after going into the postseason on a bit of a rocky start, and he looked really good in this finals match against a very... Very, very tough, Jared Deegan, who, by the way, has to be at least six foot four, dude. And, and I was just looking at Deegan's name. Like you telling me that Deegan ain't gonna be a bad matchup against somebody in the quarterfinals. Deegan made the round of twelve last year. He's got the potential to get on the podium. This now you're just getting me fired up for NCAA's. I love NCAA. I mean, look, honestly, this is the worst week of the year. It's and the, the worst best. Week. It's the worst week of the year. Next, next week, oh, but we get brackets here soon. Oof. So. You know, Jordan did lay it on Bergy thirteen to four. Kind of like remember when he he it took him it took him everything he had to beat Verclaren in the duel, and he put it on Bergy thirteen to four. Bergy ends up um, injury defaulting, um, kind of seeming a trend here. Um, Look, man, even though Bergy beat Lugo Ben four two in SV. You you bring. I think we can both agree that Ohio State does not wrestle very well against Penn State in the duels. In duels. No, at, not at all. For whatever reason, is maybe it's the pressure they put on them. Maybe they, 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 they take that match so serious, and when you do that, especially yep. against a, a great team like Penn State, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, but they perform well at the tournament. They especially, Ohio State performs well at the Big Ten tournament. We've seen that from them. Micah Jordan looked really good this weekend, and had it not been for that one mental lapse, he should have been a Big Ten champ. Yeah, he definitely could have been, for sure. And let's not take nothing against away against Ashnall. Really nice takedowns, really nice savviness. Um, you know, when the brackets come out, he's going to be my pick to win the NCAA tournament. I will say, you did pick Lugo to beat Berge. I picked Berge to beat Lugo. Just want to call that out yeah, to you, my man. You were, you were right. <laughs> it was a really, really You picked Schnalty match. to win the tournament. I picked Mickey, Mickey to win the go. tournament, though, so it I get it. It was an unexciting match, and then, like I said, Berge. What, 42 SV2? Unexciting? Come on, oh, man. Yeah, that was fire. That was fire. But you know what was fire? <laughs> Ryan Belize, or Steve Ble- Steve Ble- Steve Blies. Belize, I think, is from... Uh, uh, Virginia Tech, I think I keep saying Blinds' name wrong, beating Deacon 7-5 tiebreakers in the quarters. That place erupted. And then Deacon piss-pounded him for fifth place 10-1. 11-2 or something. 10-1. <laughs> to one. Ten to one. I mean, just beat him up. But, um, no, Ben, I think, all joking aside, Deacon 
did not have a good tournament at all. He got fucked up by Pantaleo, dude. I mean, oh, that and, was bad And news. they just wrestled in the duel, if I'm not mistaken, and Deacon came back and battled right. back to beat Pantaleo in the duel. Pantaleo took him down, just, just bullying him. Bullying him. Props to Pantaleo. He had a pretty good tournament finishing third in this weight class. Look, Over a guy like Deacon and Young? 157 yeah. in the Big Ten is a very, very tough weight class. Um, when you got guys like Jason Nolf, Pantaleo, Berger, Caleb Young, Deacon, Bleece, I mean, let me, let me it's ask a you tough this. weight class. Do you, do you think we underlook it because, or overlook it because it's guaranteed Nolf champ, so we don't really necessarily look at the other guys, even though it's so deep? No. Because I, I did. I, I was, I was so. like, I mean, this is going to be a boring weight I, class. I think then we, I look at it, and I'm we, like, oh, this is going to be great. When you're picking champs, yeah, I think we just kind of glance over this weight because, look, we there's no debate. Are you, not, you and I going to sit here and have a debate who the champ's going to be? No. We're not even going to have a debate who the NCAA champion is going to be. And don't even try to make some fucking funny comment right now. I see the look in your eyes. I wasn't going to say a word. <laughs> you're what do you think I was going to say? You're trying, you got a sarcastic comment. No, I did not. <laughs> Man, you, were, you got something wrong with you because I wasn't going to say it. I'm kidding. I wasn't saying anything. Um, but this is a great weight. No, f- fucked Burger up. Oof. Burger... You might want to get back on social media. Yeah, you might want to start tweeting again. Yeah, because maybe follow us. The Inside Trip one, <laughs> the Inside Trip at <laughs> Inside Trip one at Gmail dot com. Inside Trip at uh, Facebook and uh, yeah, Instagram. You can get back on. You can get back on social media, my man. Because uh, like in our post, don't uh, we? Uh, you you you're not you you didn't take skulls at this tournament or whatever Ew, it was. Skulls, scalps. I don't know what Heads. he said, but yeah. Um. Look, I mean, Dolph is amazing, and we sat, we were watching the match, and we were both just like sitting there in awe at what he was doing, like kind of like when we watched Snyder last year, or when we, we, you know, when you watch Rutherford, and you're like, let's just sit here and enjoy this match for everything that it is, and Nolf just, just does things to him to an extremely great wrestler that shouldn't be that easy. You know, it's funny uh, when you and I were watching the finals together, and we were talking about Jason Nolf and. Uh, Jason Nolf has this really, really spectacular attack where it's basically from like an overtie shuck situation where he tri- it's like a foot sweep. The foot sweep. Foot sweep. He hit and that in the semis against Pantaleo, I think, and it was just it, it's nasty. And ever since that match, I've been ever since we talked about it, I've been thinking about there's been guys that we followed in college wrestling that just have these. Um, these signature attacks, I guess. Um, even if it's not a signature attack, it's just, you know, w- uh, one attack th- that a guy is known for, and that's how I will always remember Jason Off, one of the greatest college wrestlers ever to step on the mat. We are privileged to get to see what he has done the last four years, and we are privileged that we are going to see live in Pittsburgh him go away as probably a three-time national champ, but I will always remember him for that overtie shuck to a foot sweep because he's hit it on so many elite-level guys, and it's not a conventional takedown. It's fucking... No. It's dirty. The only person that hits it better than him is Helen Marulis, to be honest with you. And, and you want let me tell you one thing right now. You want to know why Nolf loves us? Because he listens to us. Because he always <laughs> keeps a foot sweep in his back pocket. <laughs> he always keeps a foot sweep in his back pocket. You always got to keep a foot sweep in your back you pocket. You got to keep a foot sweep in your back pocket, ladies and gentlemen. We said it on this podcast multiple times. But, you know, enough belaboring on Nolf. You know, I can only stomach that so much. How about Caleb Young? Yeah. In I'm, a weight class. Okay, I'll talk about him. You've got Nolf, Pantaleo, Berger, Deacon, round of 12 guy like Bleece. 
Pantaleo, uh, two-time All-American. Keyshawn Hayes, who was the four seed at the national tournament last year. How about Caleb Young coming out and freaking finishing fourth in a hard-fought match to Pantaleo for third and fourth, dominating Keyshawn Hayes. Do- direct Keyshawn. I mean, Keyshawn wanted nothing to do with Caleb Young. It wasn't pretty. What a good tournament for him, man. Here's a guy that last year wrestled from anywhere between 174, 165. This year they got him down all the way at 157, having a fantastic year. And can get. I think this is a guy that is can definitely get on the podium next week. So Young lost to Pantaleo on the uh, top side, 3-2 as well. Um, we need a little more offense out of him. And, and I hate to – I'm not belaboring um, the fact that he had a great tournament. And, yeah, he had great offense I'm against I'm pretty Hayes. sure the brands – Coach Brands would tell you the same thing. Yeah. We need more attacks out of we Caleb need, Young. We need more attacks out of Caleb Young because you want to know why? When he does attack, he beats Hayes 11-1. to 1. When he doesn't attack – and now, look, Pantaleo is my height. You know, it's probably hard to score on him. But I think if he attacks a little bit more – Pantaleo is a little taller than 5'2", my man. I'm 5'6". I think if um, Caleb Young attacks a little bit more, I like him as a top six guy. I really do. I, I don't disagree I really with do. you. I don't disagree with you. I think Caleb Young is a guy that – the most important thing for Caleb Young, in my opinion, is confidence. Confidence. And I think after this tournament this weekend where you essentially only lost – you lost twice. You lost one guy twice, Pantaleo, in matches that can be flipped if you dictate the match rather than let Pantaleo dictate the match. I do. I agree with you. I think this is a guy that I like top six as well at the national tournament. Yeah. And Pantaleo is just one of those tough guys. Remember Micah, he had Micah's number last year because he – Micah was a volume shooter, and Pantaleo sat back and hit him with those pancakes. Oh, he sucked him back, too. Yeah, sucked him back pancakes. Um, and shout out to Minnesota for the Big Ten. That, that seemed like a really—and I'm bringing that up only because of the Blyze versus Deacon match. That place was rocking. Um, you know, it seemed like a really cool atmosphere. No, good. It seemed like a really cool atmosphere. Um, so uh, I thought that the, they put on a hell of a Big Ten tournament. What do you think about 165, though, hot dog? You think you think anything went on there? I don't you. wind up like Vincenzo, which would be on your back, bro. I can't sing like you. Something like something. I told you the bull was gonna win. The bull's backing down. The bull is back. The bull is back. Hey, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. You get the, you get the horns. horns. All joking aside, Ben, I, I I've told you this all year long. I, I've you I have told, told you this you? all year long. All fucking the year worst, long you told me this shit. I'm sorry. Alex Marinelli is the worst matchup in all of college wrestling for Vincenzo Joseph. Even going back to last year, even more than Imar, even more than a guy like Chance Marsteller, even more than Evan Wick. If there is one guy who presents an absolute problem for Vincenzo Joseph, it's Alex Marinelli, and I'll tell you why. Because you don't give a fuck. It's not even that. I, I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck. Watch Alex Marinelli wrestle Vincenzo. He does not get tricky. He does not get flashy. Alex Marinelli is so amazingly good at the basics, at the things you learn when you're in seven, eight, seven and eight years old starting wrestling. He has a fantastic single leg takedown. He's got an oh. amazing double leg takedown. His finishes are phenomenal. Quick. He works the head really well. And you know what? He does not get bullied by you when you want to go upper body with him. In fact, he he'll him fuck hooks. you up. He finishes 
quick. It's a bad matchup for Vincenzo, guys. I'm telling you right now. The reason why is because, look, Vincenzo, if you want to bang, Marinelli's going to bang with you, and he's going to bang hard. He's better. He's He's better better at that. Absolutely. You get to his legs, Marinelli has great hips. He can defend those legs. He gets to your legs, his finishes finishes are quick. Amazing. Why do you that, think he beats Evan Wick? That post single that he has, guys, I, I'm getting, I'm getting, now I'm getting chills. I'm getting oh, chills. Yeah. That post single that he has where it was so nasty, he hit it right at the beginning of the match, and, and the Penn State coach, Penn State coach is like, oh shit, we're about to get taken down. Throw a brick. That was hands to the face. No. No, no that was not hands to the that face. That was a big ass club. That was a club. He clubbed Vincenzo so hard with that right hand that Kale Sanderson freaking blinked. He, he went blind for a second and threw a brick. Oh my God. That was bullshit. It was bullshit. He threw a brick when he knew he that he beat, threw that brick after Marinelli was deep on that single. I mean, deep. He dumped he him. He threw that thing, that brick when Marinelli had his leg in the air. Hey, oh, hands he, to the face. He dumped him straight on his ass too, Marinelli. And Marinelli didn't give a shit. You think that? You think that bothered him? No. He said, hey, "I'm gonna get on oh, that again." Now it's my turn to stand up. Yeah. The best, the best post post match interview I saw all weekend was Alex Marinelli when they were interviewing him. He said, "You know what? Class guy. The match was won on my attacks." Not his attack. Why do you think he said that? And why did he say that? Because last year, everybody thought, oh, Marinelli got lucky because Vincenzo Lucanza. tried to inside trip him and Marinelli bear hugged him <laughs> to the mat. No. Alex Marinelli is a bad matchup for Vincenzo. Well, hey, Alex Marinelli did bear hug him to the mat this he time did. again. He did. Put him straight now, to his back. Oh, and that double. And I'll tell you what, that, for, he has the ability to finish on a guy like Wick so quick. Hold on one That's second. That's something that you need to realize because Wick is so hard to finish on. Give our give our Penn State fans a, a chance to turn the volume back up. Okay. All right, you ready? Go. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. He finishes the he finishes the shot so quick that if a guy like Evan Wick gets taken down against him every time, every time they've wrestled, as soon as Marinelli gets to the leg, he gets taken down. That's because he finishes it so quick and so clean. The guy like Vincenzo, man, he better get that inside trip working because if he doesn't get that inside trip working. But you know, I don't what? Know how he's here's the, the thing too. Like, watch, watch that match towards the end of the match. Vincenzo knew he needed a big move. He's trying and to Marinelli jack him up. Is intelligent. He's not too prideful. He's not too prideful to get baited or to put himself in a bad posi- position. He knows how to defend it. I- I'm telling you guys, he likes underhooks, by the way. So it's, it ain't like he's, he's saying like he's it's too, a super bad matchup. And I'm not saying Vincenzo can't beat him, but if there's one guy in college wrestling that Vincenzo is going to struggle with, it's Alex Marinelli, and it all comes down because he is fantastic at the basics. Great single, great double leg, great setups, quick finishes. That's it right there. I think the good news is for Marinelli um, also is that he's now going to be on the opposite side of Evan Wick. Oh, he's going to be the one seed. Yeah, so he's going to be on the opposite side of Evan Wick. And um, Vincenzo. Yeah, in Vincenzo, right. So, you know, he's going to see a guy like Shields. Shields, Marsteller, or Shields. Yeah. The four, I, I think Marsteller and Shields are your four fives. Right. So and now. And I, and I favor Marinelli over those two. I f- look, I favor. Although Massa beat him last time. It uh, bigs. Ma- are we talking Massa or are we talking Marinelli and Shields? I'm sorry, are we talking uh, Marsteller and Shields? Oh, yeah. Where's Massa going to be? You're right, all right. I'm sorry. So. Go ahead. I, I think Massa. I'm sorry. I think you got me. God damn it, Ben. I know. Matt's um, had a really good tournament, too. He had a really good tournament, finishing third, uh, especially with that nice win over uh, over Wick for third and fourth. But listen, um, I think Marsteller and Shields are probably going to be your 4-5, okay? Now, where I say that Marinelli is the worst matchup for Vincenzo, Marsteller might be a guy 
that could present matchup problems for Marinelli. Yeah, they're both gonna bang. Dude. Okay, they're gonna bang, and and this both is both really good on their feet. Which brace? Which leg does Marinelli wear that brace on? I think it's his left. Is it his left leg? Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't that isn't Marsteller a lefty lead with a, a lefty lead with a great lefty high crotch? Yes. I, I I'm going off of memory, so I, I think I'm pretty if sure that's right. the, if that's the case, I think that that poses some matchup problems for Marinelli. But I'll tell you what, the way Alex Marinelli is wrestling right now, give me him all day long as a national champ. Oh, I'm picking him. I'm picking him all day. No, you can't. You pick Vincenzo. You already did picks. No, no, we did picks earlier on, but now you're allowed to do you're allowed to do picks for the NCAA tournament. Now, I I'm know. kidding with you, man. Um, and 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 we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk ad nauseum about that once we get once we get the brackets out. But uh, you know, besides that, shout out to yeah, Massa. This is basically bar banter right now. Right. We just get, we're just getting excited. Hey, shout out to Massa. That two one win over Wick. That's, that's a nice, big. That's a nice win. little win there. Big that's going to help win. him out. I don't know what they're going to seed Wick now. He's got a couple losses now, hot dog. He got a couple losses to Marinelli, and he got lost to Massa. Marsteller only got one loss. Well, look, I mean, Wick has three losses, right? Yeah, Marcel has two. He has lost to Shields. Where's Shields at in this? Could Shields potentially get the three? Um, Shields could potentially get the three. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Look, when you look at the coaches' rankings, the last coaches' rankings, Vincenzo won, Marinelli two. I think you flip flop those guys. All right, of course. All right, Evan Wick was three, Josh Shields four, Marsteller five. I think you got to go Shields three. So after that loss to Massa, I think you go Shields three. I think you go Marsteller four, and I think you go Wick five. So there you go. Now all of a sudden, you now, got another damn freaking. But now you've got potential. That, what that does is that puts Marinelli, Wick, and Marsteller on the same side of the bracket. That's what I mean. Yeah. And then I don't think Marinelli's pumped about that. Then on the other side of the bracket, you've got Shields and Massa and Vincenzo. I think Vincenzo's pumped about that. I, I think Vincenzo's like, no, I'd rather. I, you think Marinelli's worried about having Wick on his side of the bra- back? Blah, his side of the bracket? I, I think I'm. Ha- I think if I'm Vincenzo, I'm happier about a dude I just pinned. Um, you know, um, at the Big Tens as being your, your potential guy. Or well, he did have a tight one with Marsteller, but I mean. Look, I think that he's cool with it. I think he's cool with avoiding Wick. I think Marsteller is the four, Ben. I think Marsteller is the four seed. I think you got Marsteller and Wick at four five. I think you've got uh, probably Massa and uh, uh, and Shields at the three six. We're gonna see Massa Shields. God, that's gonna be great. Yeah, hey, but here we are. We're just talking about Big Ten. I mean, you still got guys like like a Makai Lewis. Um, Ooh, Makai. I mean, honestly, look. at we say we're just talking about Big Ten, but at 165, the Big Ten pretty much runs the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I could see Makai sneaking in there. Because you know who's getting season. fucked at 165? Who? Whoever draws Joe Smith in as possibly seated in the 30s because he's 3-2 and two at 165 with no quality wins. Well, he I mean, if he's, if he's seated 30, team. he's going to have the three seed, which means that I don't see him beating a three seed. You don't now, think Joe Smith can beat Josh Shields? Oh. All right, now we're talking hot dog. <laughs> I mean, think about this. That's a nightmare. Think about this. Chandler Rogers was 11th in the last coaching ra- coaches' rankings at 165. All right, when you look at the RPI at 165. Sorry, I'm getting there. Um, Rogers uh, must not have had enough matches at the time. So anyway, essentially, Joe Smith has taken Chandler Rogers' spot at 165. He finishes what seventh in the Big Twelve. Fifth. 
Was it fifth? Yeah, fifth. He got, he got an auto qualifier. They they they, they originally were getting six, but after Chandler um, dropped out, they only got five, and he he ended up beating the guy from Iowa State to get fifth to to, to automatically qualify. So he's three and two. You're right. I mean, he's three and two at one sixty five. No quality wins. I mean, you None. can't you can't seed him. You you can't. And I say but by seeding, I mean I mean you can't seed him in the top in the top twelve to fifteen guys. You just can't do it. You absolutely can't do it. No, it's going to be a nightmare for for his drawing. But you know what? That that's hey, you reap what you sow, John Smith. That was the decision that you made. That was a dumb decision. I think it was a bad decision. We, we've talked about that ad nauseum, baby. Add add the fucking nauseum. We've talked yeah, about bad it. decision. So, but. Joe Smith is also a guy that can ball. I mean, he he can he can get on fire and he can he can beat somebody good. So uh, imagine getting the three seed at the national tournament and drawing into a guy. You know, having having to face a guy. That, and that's not fair. That's not. That, and you know what? Fairness is what seeding is supposed to do. It's supposed to balance the bracket. You're not balancing a bracket that way. He's three and two. I know, but you're not balancing a bracket that way. That's my opinion. I don't know. Let's go one seventy four. Yeah, not not really. A, in my opinion, a ton to really get into here. Mark Hall did what he was supposed to do. He beat Miles Amin three to two. Same score as they wrestled in the duel. Um, he got it done. He played the freaking recorder afterwards. That was, awful. That was stupid. That was awful. That was. Now, I, I will appreciate the I get fact that they, were raising that they money. raised money. Yeah, I, I do. I, look, you I hate and to I, say it. We've talked. To, yes, it was nerdy though. Yeah. It was dumb. I mean, do it some other way, maybe. Yeah. I appreciate anybody that's trying to raise money for a for for a right. you know for, we'll for a fundraiser. We'll we take get it that. Back. Take it that was, back. It was awful. Take that back. It was dumb. I mean, he could have played. I knew when he pulled it out. It, I kept saying to myself, "Don't play hot cross buns. Don't play hot cross right, buns. Play something cool. Yeah, at least call it three blind mice. Don't <laughs> still call it hot cross <laughs> yeah, buns. Yeah, please. <laughs> at least call it three <laughs> at blind least mice. Play three blind mice. I mean, it's the same song, just called something <laughs> different. <laughs> Damn it! Damn, Hall. that was a good one. God, you suck, Hall. Um, you know, to me, he looked good. The nature of this bracket, Skatska. Skatska's Skatska. looking like a guy who could potentially get on the podium. Dude. Now, hot dog. Skatska beats Labriola. He beats Liddy. He beats freaking Labriola twice. That's, he beat Labriola twice. That's two dudes that were ranked above him in the latest rankings. Um, Skatska, guys. This is a former Indiana Hoosier, Hoosier. by way of Michigan, not Michigan the college, but Michigan the state. Who transfers to Minnesota and just so happens to finish third in the Big Tens at 174 pounds. He, my friend, helped himself out immensely going I, into next week. I think he set him out, set himself up for a definitely top ten seed. For sure. For sure, just looking at it. Um he was the like I said, ranked thirteenth behind Lighty and behind Labriola. He gets uh did he uh, beat Labriola twice, once in overtime. When Labriola took, needed a late takedown just to put it into overtime. You remember that match? Yeah, and then and Skatska got got it done there, and then he beats him, uh, um, four to two. Look, Skatska in the last coach's ranking was ranked ninth. All right, so already okay. in the top ten. Um, in the last RPI, he was fourteenth, and that was behind guys light in the Big Ten, like Ryan Christensen. He was behind Ethan Smith. He was behind Mikey Labriola. So Skatska well, he helped he beat himself out Ethan Smith. immensely you, in this tournament. He beat Ethan Smith fourteen to four, and it was a bad. I mean, Smith, you know, got it on his legs. Surprise! That's what Ethan Smith does. You know, Ethan Smith. You know, he finished sixth. He's definitely he's an automatic qualifier. Qualified. He, he's gonna he's gonna be a guy that I don't think a lot of people are gonna want to wrestle early on. But uh, we'll see what he does. He's but, one of those guys that if you're a uh, if you're cutting weight hard, you're coming off a bad cut, 
and good luck. You are kind of feeling feeling sorry for yourself or thinking you're going to coast in that first round. Ethan Smith is a guy that you don't want to have because he's going to get to your legs uh, not once, not twice, but multiple times. He's going to live on him. He, he, he's going to live exactly. On him. Yeah, but 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 you know, I think the Skaska was probably the the surprise or little darling of of the tournament. He was the five seed, ends up taking third in a really tough weight. So um, good for him. Good for Hall. Congratulations on uh, raising that money. Um, he's going to be the one seed at the NCAA tournament. Well, rightfully, right, right, rightfully deserved. Where's Amin going to be? Because we're talking about, uh, you know, Mark Hall. He's going to be at four. Big Ten champ. Dan Lewis, Mac champ. Zahid, Pac-12 champ. Are we looking at Hall 1, Lewis 2, Zahid 3, and Amin 4? Yeah, because Amin B. Cutler, who I think would be the only person after that, that you, where you could look. So, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we put him ahead of McFadden. Yeah, I think McFadden had a real bad loss of Joe Smith earlier in the year. He did. Really. Yeah, no, that's good. Good point. Good point. No, he did. And that's a different weight. Is is Amin a guy that, I mean, look, we've seen him wrestle these, you know, the best at this weight class close. But have we seen enough from him to say he can flip these matches? Like, not this year. I mean, not this year. It's like he's always in the, you know, at the last second in on a takedown against a guy like Mark Hall to win the match, but can never just get it done. Right, I think he's going to take third this year. I think that he's he's probably, or, yeah, I think he probably beats like uh, Dan Lewis for third. Really? Like I think he did that last year too. Right. So I, th- I think it's going to be a pretty big repeat there. Let's talk one eighty four. Max Dean. Oh, dude! Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, one eighty four in general. Animal. Max Dean, guys. I know we're talking Big Ten. Is he a two seat? Max Dean is cruising into this national tournament. Probably. Is on fire as anybody in the country. Him, Zach Zavatsky. I think he's not on fire, though. You say him, Zach Zavatsky, but he just beat the shit out of Zavatsky in a duel. I know. You know who's not on fire, though? Who? Shakur Rashid. That uh-huh. dude flamed out a little bit. Flamed out just a little bit. Did, did he just decide? Because I know we're starting off by talking to the finals. Um, Miles Martin beat Zach's, or beat um, Shakur Rashid by uh, M period four period. What does that mean? We would call that the old uh, Duckarooski. The old, the old quack, quack, because cause he wrestled the rest of the tournament, didn't you he? You think Kel thinks that if he can get Shakur Rashid at the, to the national tournament undefeated, he'd get the number one seed? Yeah, well, he thinks he's going <laughs> to steal it from Mymar. <laughs> Seriously, if they, if they fucking seed, seed Shakur Rashid. He, he, he does not deserve the two seed. I'm if sorry. they get in the two seed, I'm quitting. This now, pod- I will hey, say, this podcast is over. I will say seed. this. He did have two quality wins at this tournament. His only two quality wins of the year, basically. But he beat the shit out of Cam Caffey. And it was then bad. a nice win over Taylor Venz. Look, Shakur Rashid is he dominated what Vins. we thought he was. He is a very, very good wrestler at this weight class. And I will still stand by the fact that I think he still poses the biggest challenge or the biggest threat to Mymar if there is one. But I do not believe he deserves the number two seed based off of how much he hey. sat this year. I'm sorry, I don't. Hey, let me give me, let me, I'm going to give you the T. T for timeout, and I agree with you. Did I? Did 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 we not? Well, I did. I picked Rashid over Vance in the semis. I did that, ladies and gentlemen. So don't fucking come back here and tell me that I'm you, you did. hating. And 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 in my defense, I picked Vince over Rashid because I didn't know how healthy, how healthy Rashid he was. was. I said, but apparently he's not healthy. A healthy at all. Rashid, he can't wrestle. A healthy Rashid, I love. 
okay, I love a healthy Rashid against anybody other than Miles Martin. Martin yeah. And look, maybe the way Max Dean Oof. and Zach Zavatsky Oof. are wrestling right now. Okay, other than those two guys or those three guys. But Shakur looked great against Vens. I tell you what, Vens shot a lot. That was dumb because I tell you what, Rashid is, looks great counter offense, and then he crunched him with the cradle. Um, Vens got a late takedown and then pushed his head in the mat. Did you see him face smush him, even though he lost? Oh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I wouldn't have liked it against anybody else, but I liked it a lot against Penn State. And let me tell you why. Because Shakur Rashid, you're healthy enough to wrestle except for everybody against Miles Martin. No, the bottom line is, Kale didn't want Mymar to feel Vens. Or excuse me, feel Rashid. He didn't want to feel him. He says, I agree. He says, we're going to try Look, our best. We're pro- if, we, if we're going to beat Mymar, yeah. we're going to beat him in one match wrestling. And I fucking swear to God, I hope it's in the semifinals. I agree. I'm so glad I hope you said that. I hope it's in the semifinals because Shakur Rashid does not deserve anything top two or three. After bitching now, out in the finals. To answer your question, is is Max Dean going to be the two seed? No. Um, even the way he's rolling into the postseason, he's not going to be the two seed. He still has five losses on the year. Now, granted, two of those losses are to Mymar, but I think you know you got that loss against Louis Dupre earlier in the season. You Oof. got that loss against Dylan Wisman at the South Beach yep, Duels. You're done. You're toast I on think that. that. I, I think you're toast that right on there. That. You look at a guy like Zach Zavaski, who's only got three losses this year. He lost once to Max Dean and twice, twice to Drew Foster at the CKLV. So I think Foster may have an argument. Um, you're going to give it to freaking Rashid. They're going to give it to Rashid. You know who I'm pumped about the most? Johnny Ice. Do you see Johnny Ice getting after it on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Johnny Ice was basically calling Shakur Rashid out. Johnny Ice was like, hey. Don't call Sh- I mean, don't call Rashid out. Call the coaching staff out. Let's, let's, let's do hey, that. But I'm pumped. No, I'm pumped that Johnny Ice called him out. No, get him. I'm just get saying, him, Johnny Ice. I'm just saying. Look, get him. It's not Rashid. Rashid. Get him. Rashid didn't walk up to Kale and say, hey, you, you know, uh, yo, coach, I don't want to wrestle anymore today. All right. Don't try to talk like Rashid. I'm not. You're like, yo, coach, I don't want to wrestle anymore. Yeah, yo, coach, I don't want to wrestle anymore. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what kids say? Yo, coach? I think they yo. probably do. I'm they just... probably do. <laughs> they not, probably I, I couldn't they sound probably like, say that. I couldn't sound like Sugar Shack if I wanted to. Man, he's so good. Hey, by the way. He's so good. Why does he got to duck him? Remember Uncle Mike? Uncle Mike on Twitter oh, t- talking Mike. about Shakur was going to smoke my mark. Yo, bro, they got to wrestle each other for that to happen. That's right. Yeah, and they might do it in the semis. No, they're going to give Shaq the freaking two. Kale's smart. And you know what? Kale's like, I don't want my Mar to feel him. I don't want him to feel that cross face. He's going to feel that cross face in Pittsburgh in the finals. Because let's be honest, I favor Shakur, even the way he looked against Vens to make the finals. His freaking, he's so tall. And his scrambling ability and his reshot ability, he looked really good, man. I was like, this is going to be an interesting match in the finals. Until it wasn't. You know, I, I will say, Ben, and we talked about this before in the last coaches ranking, they did have Shakur Rashid ranked number two. I don't think he had enough matches to qualify God for RPI. Um, I'm not sure if that's still the case. We would need to, to, to check on that. Um, I, I think at this point, look, your two seed is either going to be Shakur Rashid or it's going to be Zach Zavatsky. I think those are your two options. Okay, Zach Zavatsky just won the ACC. Okay, he did it by uh, beating up Nino Bonacorsi, who actually put it on Nick Renan in the semifinals of the ACC tournament. Um, and Bonacorsi's majored, um, who did he major? I think he majored Renan before, earlier in the year, too. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's going to come down to either, and Rashid, you know what? You, you, you sandbagging. Did he just get enough? Did he just get enough? So going into the tournament, he was sixteen and zero. He's now he's eighteen and zero. Qualifies for that RPI. Shit. So I mean, 
I think it's either going to be Zavatsky or Rashid. It's going to be Rashid. And I'll tell you what, Rashid's win over over Venz in yeah. the semis gives him that quality win right there with an undefeated record. Look, he's your two seed, but you know what? That's okay because he's going to have a guy like Zavatsky in the semifinals. Like Zavatsky. He might have a Drew Foster in the quarters or something. It's you know? a tough weight it, class. Look, it's a tough weight class. His, round of 32. Yeah, his, first, his second round is going to be tough. So let's not. But get, you know what? He's tough too. Look, Ben. As much I, as we dog on this. I mean, is. Rashid is as fucking tough as could be. There's, I picked him to be. There's a guy, the All American at 197 last year, when 197 was tougher last year than it is this year, when he was weighing about 191 pounds soaking wet. But but don't don't freaking wrestle the entire tournament and then forfeit in the finals. That's a. Again, That's a weak move, dog. Again, man, and I guess I got to put biases aside and and say what I said earlier. I'm not going to do this that. This tournament, this weekend's all about getting your qualification and getting to the tournament healthy. But I do, I, I agree with you. I do believe that this was more about not giving Mymar that first feel. Parker ended up taking third, beating Venz. Venz um, took two losses at the tournament. You know, um, I think that's a big win for Parker because I think uh, he was probably around ranked around eight or so, and Venz is ranked around four. Um, I think that's going to help Parker in the seeding category at the NCAA tournament. The guy who took third last year, I think he's going to have a nice, um, he'll have a decent seed. And I look for him. He he. Hey, I tell you what, his match with Mymar, I know Martin beat him eight to three, but he came after him. He battled him. And I can respect that. Um, I like Parker to finish pretty high this year. Again. Emory Parker is the only guy in this bracket that that has a win over Miles Martin. Okay, and That's I think correct. that says a lot. And when when Emory Parker is healthy, we've seen what he can do. All right, he can do great things. Hence, him finishing third last year at the national tournament. So, um, this weight class is going to be it, it's going to be really interesting. Was Parker Road Warrior of the week last year? Yeah. Did he lose first round and come back and take third? I think he did. All right. I think he did. I know. Yeah, I think you're I, right. I, I'm pretty sure he did. You remember, he lost first round to Chip, Chip Ness. Ness. That's right. Remember that? And then yep. battled all the way back to take third. And, I mean, think about this. L- look at Beat Vens for third and fourth. Look, look, look at third. who he beat last year. Okay, this is Emory Parker, guys. The only guy in this weight class with a win over Miles Martin. Drew Foster, Ryan Price, Chip Ness, uh, Chip Ness Dominic Abinader, then Taylor Vens. I mean, Parker battled his ass off last year. So Have we know what he's got the goods to do. He had himself a tournament now, ladies and gentlemen. And he just beat he just beat Vans there. You know, he had the, I wouldn't mind I wouldn't seeing mind him seeing and Parker Parker Let's yes, go. Thank Let's you. go. Exactly. Let's go. Let him battle it out, man. Let's go, dude. I know. I know. You know, it just rubs me the wrong way when a dude makes the finals and then he decides to forfeit against Mymar. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't want to hear a lot of talking. I don't want to hear a lot of chirping until the next wait. Then you guys can chirp because Bo Nickel is your 2019 NCAA champ at 197 pounds. You know what else he is, Ben? I'm going to tell you right now what else he is. Bo Nickel may be one of the most complete wrestlers that we've seen in the last 10 years. What did we say when we watched that match? And, guys, there's been a lot of great wrestlers the last 10 years. And I mean, we're talking the Kyle Dakes, the David Taylors, the Logan Stevers. Brent Metcalf. Brent Metcalf. You know, could it be recency bias? I think Metcalf was uh, uh, longer than 10 years ago. Oh, was he? Damn, he old man. Yeah, I, I, I think know. you're right. I but think anyway, you're right. You know, it could it be recency bias? Of, sure. But here's the thing about Bo Nickel, and you and I talked about this when we watched the finals match. This was what it was. Is Bo Nickel, he can beat you in the most conventional ways with great technique, whether it's his high crotch, whether it's that low single, 
whether he's riding you, whether he's turning you, whatever Puts it is, an he can to beat you that single. way. Yeah. He can also beat you in the most unconventional ways where he's just constantly catching you in disadvantageous situations and putting you on your back. He can ride. He can get out from bottom. Bo Nickel may be one of the most complete wrestlers that we've seen. I've seen this on. I've actually seen this on social media. People talking about how Bo Nickel is the most, the best all-around wrestler since Kale Sanderson. They may actually have an argument there. Yeah, everybody. When we think about Bo Nickel, we think about his highlight reel, and he does crazy shit to beat you, right? But we forget about the fact that the way he beat Imar or Mymar, excuse me, a couple times, was with lefty high crotches. He just beat him with lefty high crotches. I mean, you know, he didn't beat him with something fancy. He beat him in the duel last year with lefty high crotches. I mean, he has exemplary technique on his feet from, from just shooting wise. So, but he's also, but he's also so dangerous, so dominating that he can just go out there and let it fly and do this crazy shit and put great guys on their back. Right. I mean, look, when you can do both of those things at a elite level. He just beat Colin Moore ten to three. When I'm sorry, when Colin Moore did not want to engage with him, Colin Moore did everything he could in that match not to get put on his back, and it still wound up in a ten to three loss. There's not much else to say about about that. I, I, I think the only, I, I mean, we can we can we can keep talking about Bo Nickel, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, but for for the sake of this podcast, the only match that me, that meant anything to me was. More with a five-two decision over Warner that shows that he's probably, probably, and considering his um, his history, the be- the second best guy in the country, and that's about all there is really to say about that. You know, the well, last time he wrestled a Weigel or a Weagle, he beat him up pretty good. Um, he's gonna have a Pat Brucky who he's majored before. Um, Colin Moore's your second best guy in the country. There's really there wasn't a lot of excitement in this match or in this this bracket. I don't know what you think. I mean, I, I, again, I think this is. Remember, what we talked about at 157, where do we just gloss over things because you got a guy's dominating as Jason Nolf? I think this is one of those situations. The fact that Warner came back to finish third in this weight class, especially with that nice uh, win over uh, over Schultz for uh, for third and fourth, I thought thought that was very nice. Um, you know, you, you keep mentioning the. The Colin Moore versus Jacob Warner match to me being five to two, I'm quite certain that 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 used to be a much bigger gap. Haven't haven't these guys wrestled before, and it was a bigger gap? I thought that they wrestled um, in a uh, freestyle at the freestyle level. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, and he teched him at the freestyle level, but I don't think it's. I mean, that's a, that's a completely different match, right? I mean, Colin, dude, that five to two is a. I mean, Jacob Warner stalled his balls off. To a five to two win, he didn't take one shot. That that was a dominating five to two win, in my opinion. No, that's a good point. You're right; it was a freestyle match. Um, I mean, it, could this be a year that we see Kohaj? And is it? It's, it's, it would yeah. be absolutely. Deserving. I would need to. I would need to see the numbers afterwards. But if they're anywhere close, I think you give them to both because it's so deserving. Because it's almost not right to have. Nolf and Nickel, one of those two not have a Hodge trophy. They're both going to be three-time champs, dominant wrestlers, transcendent Four wrestlers. Four-time finals. Yeah. Yes. Tra- transcendent wrestlers um, in this era, and uh, they deserve, they both deserve the Hodge, in my opinion. 
So that was ninety seven. Oh, Caesar's Palace. Oh Little goodness. Caesar's Pizza. This was a crazy weight. Hell, Caesar. You're geeked up about this 285-pound weight class at Big Tens. It was nuts. You know what's nuts? You know what's absolutely nuts? And This is... <laughs> Mason Paris can't beat Conan Jennings. Mason Paris can't beat him. He's only three against him this year. He cannot beat Conan Jennings. Do you... I still... I will never get the vivid images out of my head. You... And your frustrations and screaming and throwing temper tantrums coaching against Conan Jennings in high school. Because we had guys that could almost beat him but never could. Similar to, I'm guessing that's what the Michigan coaches are like against Paris. He keeps on making stupid mistakes. You know Bormay's back to throw Like, how is this happening? I know. He's like, how does Conan Jennings keep beating our guy? He does it every time. He's named Conan. And he doesn't even look like Conan. No, he does it every time. I tell you what, Paris took seventh in his weight. But he he auto-qualified because they took top seven. This was a Hamida who took third was drawn in, and he was drawn into the quarter that I said he was going to be drawn into. Remember when I said I'm taking Hamida even though I don't know where he was drawn the in. Paris at? beat him. Yeah, I know. And then Hamida beats Jennings. I'm telling you right now, man. Look, uh, this is what I want. I want this so bad. I want Mason Paris and Conan Jennings first round of the national tournament. Oh my goodness! I That's want. It's not going to happen. In the I, first I know round. the Michigan guys don't want it to happen. It might happen in the second round. I know. Oh my it won't goodness. happen in the first round. But you know what was your take on Kasser, uh, Kassar Stevens? Right. Because I thought that Stevenson so, decided that he was just going to take the match off. That's my take. I mean, honestly, here. What was he doing? Here's the thing. Look, Gable looked disinterested. He was either a very disinterested, bored, and like you said, was taking the match off, or B, he was b- extremely arrogant too much and thought respect. he could just go out there. No, I don't think it was respect. I, I don't think respect. Him too much respect. I, I, it was either arrogance or boredom. I, I don't well, know which one it was. Either way, it didn't work because I'm telling you right now, if Gable wanted to get after it, he could beat Kassar. If he wanted to get after it and dictate dictate the pace of that match, he can beat Kassar. The one but match props that, to Kassar yeah. for being down in that match and getting that winning takedown and then holding Gable down. Props to him because that's how you wrestle right there. Right. I mean, Gable, the one time he really engaged, he took him down. But you know what? He didn't engage a ton. And Kassar wrestled a really strategic match. And he took him down. He could do this again. He got double unders, jacked him up, ran him off the mat right in the get-go. If he wanted to be the aggressor in that match, absolutely. Why was he not doing that? Arrogance or boredom, my man. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, you know, you know what, my th- what my opinion on which one it was? Arrogance. Arrogance. They're like this guy can't. This guy's not even more stepping on the mat with me. I'm in front of my home crowd. I'm Gable Stevenson. I'm a multiple time world champ. I'm undefeated. All right, I've done all this stuff to all these guys this year. No, I'm sorry, man. Well, Anthony Casar wasn't going to back down. No, Anthony Casar's got a lot to prove. And you know what it did? It fucked the seating committee because now you got a situation where Gable beat what White. A nightmare. White beat Casar. Casar beat. Gable and uh, Kassar and Derek White both won their conference. I think you got to give the um, the number one to Kassar. I mean, I hate to say it, but he, he just beat Gable. White beat Kassar. I know. I know. All, you of know them, all of them with one loss. A beat B, B beat C, C beat A, my well, man. There's, there's, more in pe- there's more important people that are going to make that determination. But, um, you know, if you're Kassar, you're hoping you got the one. You are, absolutely. You're 100% hoping that you get the one. Because the two and three... Because Gable's going to make the finals if if he's the... You know, Gable's going to make the He's going to be the, the, the two. Is he going to be disinterested? I don't know, man. What the, well, I don't know why he did that. 
It doesn't make any sense to me. But you know what? Dude, I'm not saying that Kassar can't beat him again, though. I think no, Kassar no, could beat him again. Absolutely. Of course he can. But I think if Gable's the aggressor and dictates the match, I think Gable can win that match. Look, I mean, we're talking about a trans... Uh, what do they call it? A, 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 transcendent. a transcendent talent here, okay? People were talking about Gable being, you know, undefeated four-time national champ. Well... You that ain't what, gonna happen. That's only happened one time, and let's not let's not talk about it again. I tell you, you want to know who else? One fucked time up? in Division One. You want to know who else fucked up? <laughs> fucked up the seating, Hamida. Holy shit, he was. But did he really? He was ten and five. Yeah, he was. I think he was. He didn't even have enough matches for the, the coaches' ranking. He was ranked tenth in the country, and he finished above Paris, Jennings, Stoll, Hilger. I mean, I mean, he was still ranked eighth in the last coaches' ranking. Now, granted, that was behind Conan Jennings, Trent Hilger, Mason Paris. So he's going to jump all three of those guys, put him in about the five spot. Right. Okay, where you've got, you know, Gable, Derek White, Kassar, Jordan Wood, and then probably a guy like, Desi like or Amita. Something. Oh, where's uh, Desi? And then Desi as well. Desi yeah. just uh, – Desi was 15th in the last coach's right. I, I I just think that that's – Sam Stoll didn't get a bid. Or Sam Stoll didn't automatic qualify. Neither did Chase Singletary. Sam Stoll, Sam Stoll got shot by his opponent. Did you see Sam Stoll got beat by the guy from Purdue? Five to two. Even. Are they going to give Sam Stoll an auto bid or a, a, a bid? A wild card? Yeah, probably. They better give Singletary a wild card. He's he's earned it. He's beaten. He's beaten Jensen this year. He's beaten Jennings this year. He's beaten Paris this year. You know, he he deserves a a, a wild card. I really hope that he gets one. And not just as an Ohio State fan, but I feel like he's earned it. I honestly think more than any other weight class in the country, this is the biggest seeding conundrum right here. Who gets the one? Who gets the two? Who gets the three? I mean, you, there's a case to be made. You leave it as is. You give Gable the one. There's a case to be made that you give Kassar the one. There's a case to, ma- to be made that you give Derek White the one. They all have one loss, right? They all have one loss. Now, I guess you could give Gable the one. C- Gable beat White. White beat Kassar. Kasar beat Gable. Well, that's why there's more than just head to head. You know, so there, in the last RPI, co- in the last coaches ranking, ranking, in the last co- in the last coaches ranking, White was number two, Kasar three. Okay. Well, that would make sense because Kasar lost to White. And in the RPI, which would have been the second RPI, Derek White was actually number one in the RPI. But that was before Kasar beat Gable. Kasar was three. Gable was two. Right, but an RPI is going to be based on quality wins, and that win might jump everybody. But isn't RPI more based on the wins of your opponents? Right, but he just beat Gable, who has amazing wins. He hadn't had that win yet. I'm not sure. That win's going to jump him. Kassar's going to be the the one. I think that's fair. You think Kassar gets the one seed? Yeah, I think it's fair. I think you give it to Derek White. No, no, White lost to Gable. I think it's fair. Kassar lost to White! I think it's fair to give it to the guy that... um, the late, later in the season, you know. I don't know. You got that win later in the season? That's what I'd give it to him. That, that's my, hey, dog, that's just my opinion, homie. I say give it to White and let Kassar and Gable battle it out in the semis. All right, all right. I don't know. Kassar and White. Give it to Gable, you said? Give it to White and let Kassar and Gable battle it out in the semis. If anything, I think that if you want to be real about what I think best-wise, I think you give it to Gable and let Kassar and White battle it out, and then the winner gets got to face the guy so all right let's let's move on how about oh how about our woo inside, inside trip, trip of the, of the week. week dom demas with an inside trip to 
an inside trip. Have we ever seen a guy inside trip a guy to his back? The guy arch off his back and they get inside, inside trip again. right back to I've his back? I've never seen it. I've oh, never seen it. Sick Mick Nasty Mick Lovin. He's up a inside trip of the week, Dom Demas. Two of them. Two inside trips of the week in the same match. In the same period. In the same sequence. Damn it, Cade. What are you doing to me? That's you're, your fantasy you're guy, right? You're screwing me. No, Dom Demas looked awesome there. He's going to go into the NCAA tournament on a high. I like this guy to, you know, challenge for the podium, baby. I love these kids. He's so these, dangerous. I love these kids these days. It's so amazing. They were interviewing his post-match interview. What was it like wrestling here in Oklahoma in front of all these fans? It was dope. It was such a dope feeling. Who said that? Dom Demas. Oh, Dom, don't love say it. that. Don't love say it. They love it. They love it. You know what else in the freaking Big 12s, though? Um, as we kind of talked earlier, Joe Smith's going to make a nightmare out of this. Hadn't wrestled at 165, goes down, and I think he loses to Romero in the freaking quarterfinals, 12-8. Romero goes all the way, beats a really game Fogarty, who beats Ashworth in the semis, 8-6. to six. You got your boys, Romero, Fogarty finishing second, Steer third, Ashworth four, Joe Smith barely qualifying at five. That's a nice little weight class out of the Big 12. It is, and honestly, Ben... Um Hats off to Romero for becoming the first Big 12 champ in the history of the Utah Valley. He's nice. the first in the school's program to be a, a Big 12 champ. That's amazing. Um, but Fogarty had that match won. Fogarty should have won that match, but it was Romero's pace in the third period that ultimately allowed him to prevail. Um, it, those are two guys that I think could definitely make some noise next week. Um, seating at 165 I think is Romero's going to be a top eight guy. He definitely could be. And, and, and 165 is deep, Ben. It's, it's a deep weight class. Speaking of the Big 12s, what Weigel did to Willie Miklas in the finals was criminal. absolutely criminal. Thank you. It was yes. criminal. It was criminal. I, I can't believe Ten it. Ten to nothing. Got on, got on top, worked him, worked him bad. Miklas took down in the second. Mistake. Weigel said, I'm going to take third in the top. Do they not realize that Weigel's Mr. Crosswrist? Crosswrist all day long, man. Crosswrist all day long. Now, one thing we know about Miklas, though, is that dude shows up at the NCAA tournament. You know, he's a three-time All-American. Probably, I, you know, my bet he's going to be a four-time All-American. But, hey, let me tell you one thing right now. Don't go down in the second period against Weagle. And that's the thing. He forced him to go down probably by winning the flip. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get to end up seeing it at all. But, man. Weagle is uh, going to be kind of a late-season late, late season game changer for that weight class. Right? I mean, he's going to be a late-season game I mean, changer for that weight class. Here's a guy that, I mean, you thought he was going to be out for the season. Look, they bumped their lineup. But, look, Dakota Gear went up to 97. Jacoby Smith went to 184. They threw uh, Joe Smith in at 174. Chandler Rogers was doing his thing at 165. And then Weigel comes back. And, I mean, since he's come back, he's looked really good. Really good, and I, I, the unfortunate I, thing is he's probably going to be on Nickel's side. Well, look, I mean, nobody's. Ex- I st- we're still in the opinion that Bo Nickel and Colin Moore are the best two guys in this weight class, right? But I mean, Weigel is undefeated. Um, he didn't give up a single point in the Big Twelve tournament. Look, look, look at this. So that happened. He can ride. He outscored his opponents at the Big Twelve tournament forty-one to nothing, forty-one to nothing, and that's against an All-American. A multiple-time All-American and Willie Miklas. That's at a really legit conference. Exactly. I mean, Weigel's a guy that look if if he's hot and he's getting to his positions positions of advantage, which is his top position. If he gets that wrist, dude, he's gonna mess you up. Yeah. He's gonna just uh, he's gonna cross his tilt you up, man. And and there's really I 
I'm actually hoping that he's on the same side as Bo Nickel because I think that he could probably be um, a uh, a tough match for for uh, Mr. Moore. Although I think they've wrestled before, but you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Let's spend a little bit of time talking ACCs real quick because I thought there was some phenomenal matchups at this tournament and some very interesting results, especially in the finals. Look, I'll start at 125. Yes. Jack Mueller going out there. I expected Jack Mueller as the one seed to win 125, but I did not expect him to major a guy like Sean Foss 10-2. to Again, we've talked about this all year long. Mueller getting pulled out of red shirt has the p- potential to shake up 125. Here's a guy that All-American is a true freshman at 125, made the semis before taking the deep six by injury def- or medical forfeiting out of the tournament. Last year, bumped up to 133, did not make the podium. I think he got beat out by Cade Brock in the round of 12. This year was in red shirt, pulled him out of red shirt. Ever since then, he's undefeated, 16-0, and bonusing almost everybody he wrestles, which is, at, I mean, which is insane at the collegiate level outside of guys like Jason Nolf and Bo Nickel. I did not expect him to beat a guy like Sean Foss 10-2. I didn't expect the match to be that blown over, especially later in the day when Sean Foss has been able to kind of eat and get his, get his weight back. You know, obviously we know Sean Foss is a huge weight cutter. Um, I think the biggest thing about Mueller that's going to hurt him in, with the seating committee, even though he's undefeated and he's got a significant amount of bonus points, is his lack of competition. His best win of the year is probably Sean Foz, and you know that's not even I'd a agree returning with that. All-American. That's, that's him a, and Shakur Laney. Yeah, that's a returning round of 12 guy. Um, doesn't mean that Mueller's not going to be in contention there, and, and I'm very impressed with what he's done, and his history and his pedigree shows that he can be there in the end, but... Um, so extremely great win here. I just I think that the seating committee is going to. Um, I don't think they're going to be super favorable to him. I think he's probably going to end up being maybe a five or so. If there's but a, that's formula, a nice win, if there really Paul. is a formula that basically spits out an equation that says here's your total seed points, it's not about the seating committee being favorable. Um, you know, in the last coaches ranking, he was ranked fifth. I don't think he had enough to qualify for RPI. I'm not even sure he still has enough to qualify for RPI because I think he's 16 and 0, and you need 17 matches. Jeez. How do you um, not get 17 matches? Come on, coaches. It, you know, but let's say he's seated at a place like seven or ten. I mean, that's a that's that's bad for that's whoever's got to see him. You're talking about your two seed. You know, imagine a Nick Piccinini, Jack Mueller quarter. Yeah, that has the potential to be a, a, a freaking phenomenal. A phenomenal fight right there. I mean, I'm going to watch that match. Oh, I, I might, I might tune into yeah. it. So no, but but I, I tell you what though, that ten to two win just kind of shows that he he he's ready to he's ready to roll into the NCAA tournament. Um, like you, Mickey Phillippe, man, I go. think that guy's going to have a say at the second seed. You know, you and I, you asked, you ran through the one thirty three weight pound the one thirty three pound weight class one time and said and and wanted me to just give yes or no answers on who I thought had the potential to be a champ, yeah. and you said Philippi and I said no and I think I I, I basically gave and the I rationale yes. his youthfulness at this tournament meaning he's you know never really wrestled at this tournament before, right. um, and I still think that can pose problems, but he is what we would consider an old freshman and the way he's wrestled this year giving Dayton Fix his only loss going out there beating a guy like Tariq Wilson who took third last year 4 to 1. I mean, Philippi he's going to have a really good seed. He's going to have a great seed. But he's also a guy that can lose some matches. A guy that gives him problems is Corbin Myers. I don't know if it's just Myers style. It's 2 to 1 here. Myers man. beat him and then it was 2 to 1 at the conference. Um, but Philippi is rolling hot into the tournament. That is for sure. I I I like him and I tell you what, he's going to be somebody that I picked 
to probably finish pretty high. I can't wait to get these NCAA brackets. And I'm going to shout out. Shout them out, baby. Mitch Moore. For the second year in the row, we saw one of the Moore brothers have a great ACC tournament. Mitch Moore finishing second, getting that automatic qualification. Last year, big brother Brent Moore at 141 beat uh, Kevin Jack, Kevin Jack at ACC. These are our, our local grand boys. So shout out to the Moores and the Moore family. Amazing wrestlers, great family. Absolutely, and and, and their, their brother, their brother just finished uh, second in the state tournament for the second year in a row. Yeah, he had a tough one against. Um, uh, oh my goodness! Well, I'm, I'm blanking on that, but it was oh, um, the guy that's going to Ohio State next year from Genoa. Oh, uh, Dylan Shaver. Dylan. Uh, no, D'Amelio. Oh, D'Amelio. Oh, yeah, yeah. D'Amelio. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he had a tough one against D'Amelio. But um, 149, how about our boy, friend Mitch. of the pod, Mitchie Fines, gets it done, beats Belize for the third time this year, 4-0, and then takes O'Connor, who um, they were 1-1 one one against each other earlier in the year, and puts a statement win on him, 5-1. This is the O'Connor that beat Oliver, returning All-American, 4-2 in the semis. Real nice win for Mitch Fine-Silver. You talk about guys rolling into the postseason and rolling into the national tournament uh, hot, for lack of better terms. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's, outside of Anthony Ashnault, there's any guy at this weight class who has been hotter than Mitch Feinsilver. You look at his results since he took that uh, uh, controversial loss to Caden Gefeller in the Southern Scuffle Finals, Spitgate. As, as they Old call spit it, gate, man. You, you look at his results since then. All right, he's given up, I think, about fifteen to seventeen points in about seventeen matches. Okay, he beat Anthony Art alone, a four to one, who just won the EIWAs. All right, at one forty nine. Oh, by the way, that's the weight class that Matt Kaladzic likes to hang out in. Right at the at the, at the, at the EIWAs. All right, he freaking put it on. Justin Oliver, ten to nothing. That's that's all American. Justin Oliver in the duel. Okay, he goes out. He beats a guy like Matthew Zovistoski from from App State, who who has been a great wrestler, who many thought would do big things last year. Beating him up fourteen to three. Beat Austin O'Connor in the duel six to four. Shut out Ryan Belize at the ACC Championships. Beat uh, Austin O'Connor again five to one. I mean, Mitch Feinsilver for a guy who is le- legitimately has never been on the podium, okay? Made the round of 12 a couple of few years ago. Has not been on the podium. He could not be heading into this uh, national tournament with any more confidence than he's got to be going with right now. I completely agree. I think that, you know, we're looking at a we're looking at a title contender for sure at 149 pounds. Has there ever been a guy that went from never being an All-American to being a national champion senior year? I don't know. Jesse Whitmer maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a guy that That's actually a, wrestled all hey, four years. Hit us up. A guy that I'm talking a guy that wrestled four years. That kind of did right. the Georgie D. Camillo thing, who never was around a twelve three times, made the finals, oh, lost gosh. to Dean Heil. But is there? If anybody knows, I'm, 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 we're being serious. If anybody knows, if there's ever been a guy that did legitimately wrestle all four years, never reached the podium, and then was a national champion senior, I'd love to know who it was. I'm sure there is, and I can't wait to hear about it. Absolutely. I'm sure there is, too. I want to hear it, and who knows? Maybe we'll get to see it happen again. I'm rooting for it. You know, another great weight class at at, uh, ACC's was 184, and and we talked about it. I think they got five automatic qualifiers, or six automatic qualifiers out of eight teams there. Zach Zavasky ends up getting the... um, you know, the the the, uh, the gold medal there. He beats Chip Ness, returning All-American Chip Ness, 8-2 to two in the uh, the quarters, or excuse me, in the semis, and then beats 
Bonacorsi, Mr. Spoiler, 4-1 to one in the finals. Um, Bonacorsi has looked really tough this year. Um, but what continues to baffle me about this weight class, especially at this conference, is Nick Renan. Nick Renan can look so good one minute, you know, beating Chip Ness 12-8 to eight for third and fourth, and then look so bad the next minute, like when he got beat 10-3 to three by, by Nino Bonacorsi in the semis. And I, I think we've seen that, uh, you know, in his matches against, uh, he, I think he had a recent match against Zach Zavatsky. He didn't look good in. All right, I think Renan uh, hit him with the old headlock right off the bat, and That's Zavatsky right. just controlled him from there in the duel. Or I'm sorry, in the duel. And a lot of people liked Nick Renan to challenge the other side of the bracket to make the finals well, opposite of Mymar. Yeah. Remember, Nick Renan is a guy that's never all American before. You know, well, I mean, he I wrestled mean, as a true freshman then redshirt last year. I know. So, I mean, he's and he made his final he's a ass. sophomore. I know, but you know, he's he's had an up and down season, and I, you know, I think that we can contribute a lot of that to injury. I think it's 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 a uh, it's certainly no secret that he's got a he's got a bum I think a bum knee is what it, is what it looks like. But you know, consistency's been a big problem for him, regardless of the knee. You beat a guy like Chip Ness, who's an All American, but then you get dominated by a guy like Bonacorsi, who's never been an All American. Obviously, he's a freshman. You know, so I think that um, Renan has suffered immensely from inconsistency issues, not incontinence issues, but inconsistency issues. He can still shit. Fine. Yeah, incontinence issues would be really, really, yeah. really bad, and that's why they that make the pants. Nice win. I think it's a great tournament for Zavatsky that could, that really will seal his his bid to say I deserve the two seed. I do will think, he get it. I don't honestly. Know, I, I do think, think Zavatsky deserves the two seed. Everything he could. Um, but at the end of the day, we're talking either the two or the three. Um, I, I think Rashid's going to get the two seed because he's got that nice win over Taylor Benz in the semis at this tournament um, this weekend. And he, he hasn't lost win yet. Over he's he's he undefeated. Lost. So I, I do think. <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think Rashid gets it. I think Zavatsky does have a definite argument for it. Um what else she got? Man, that's that's all I got. I, you know, I think that there, there was a hell of a lot going on this weekend, and, and it's impossible to touch on everything. But I thought that we we hit up, you know, some of the major points. And I tell you one thing, man, and certainly let me know if you have anything else. But I cannot freaking wait for brackets to come out. It's the best time of the year, baby. I'm gonna sit down with a freaking diet Pepsi and some beef jerky, and I'm gonna fill out all my brackets, and it's gonna be awesome. Oh, you going diet Pepsi and beef jerky? That's right. All right. I'm gonna sit down with a little tequila on the rocks. I used to go Cheez Its. Couple splashes of lime. Yeah. I used to go Cheez Its. You go Cheez Its? I used to go Cheez Its and other stuff, but now that I'm on that low carb diet, I you can't do that. You got the diet of my freaking eight year old, man. Cheez Its, beef jerky. But and- oh, no, to like sit down and fill out the brackets is fun. It's fun to like sit down with like just junk food and fill out brackets, but I can't do that. You got any final comments on this weekend? Man, I cannot. I don't. I, no, I don't. It was just awesome. I've got one final comment, uh, all back on a serious note. I think I'm finally done p- picking Spencer Lee in the postseason Ooh, right now. I, I think, good, good I, I honestly, I wanted to mention this earlier, and it's not a knock. All year long, no matter what we saw out of Spencer Lee, win or lose, we said he's a, he, he, he turns it on when the lights are on, and something just looks different. I don't know whether people have figured him out or whether Sebastian Rivera is just better than him or whether a guy like Piccinini has, has surpassed him. I, I don't know, but whatever it is, I don't think I can continue to pick Spencer Lee this year in the postseason. And you're the one that picked him last year to beat Tomasello in the semis. I did. Even after Tomasello beat him. I did. I'm TBD, thank, baby. Thank you for giving me that, that, that shout-out. Yeah, I appreciate right. that, Benny. I'm TBD. You TBD? I'm to be determined. I want to check them brackets out, baby. 
I think seeding's going to play a big part in it. The interesting, the, the crazy thing is if he's on the bottom half, can he go through both Piccinini and Rivera to get that title? Well, and he's going to be. I mean, regardless, he's going to have to go through both of them. You think so? Rivera and Piccinini aren't going to be on the same side. No, but I, I, I do think a guy, I do think a match like Mueller and Piccinini, I think Mueller can beat a guy like Piccinini. I yeah. think it's going to be a great match, a great match, and it could go either way. But if I, I had to pick right now, it's Piccinini Rivera in the finals, and I don't, I'm not ready to make the determination of who wins. I know, I hear you. But oh man, that's great! Hey, that's great that a guy, a guy that we thought that would 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 not be un, would be unchallenged to the fact that he's not even close to the favorite now. Well, there you have it. That's the 2018-2019 conference tournament. Just. Lord of the Rings podcast at almost two hours long. We appreciate you guys hanging in there. Next week's national championships, Ben, Pittsburgh. I'm geeked. I know you're geeked. Oh, we're going to go. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. All right. Hey, hit us up for those T-shirts. Hit up Jason Bryant for that uh, wrestling preview guide. Use the Inside Trip promo code. Get your $5 off. It's championship time, babies. Woo-woo. That's all we got. Don't wind up on your back, bro.